Um, I got any music I want to play for y'all niggas. Uh, you know what? I just want to do this because, you know, he dropped the album. My nigga Jay here, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's only really right that we go this route. It ain't from the album, but, you know, it's just him, so. Come on, nigga. My favorite song is that. Shit was great. You really could get Timberland up. Hey, and this shit came on. And on some mixtape shit. I, myself, and uh, others wrapped up this now let's get it all in perspective For all y'all enjoyment, a song y'all can step with Y'all appointed me to bring rap justice But I ain't 5-0, y'all know it's Nas, yo Great Goose and a whole lot of hydro Only describe us as soldier survivors Stay laced in the best, well-dressed with finesse in the white tee, looking for white meat Thug girl who fly and talk so nicely Put her in the coupe so she can feel the nice breeze We could drive through the city, no doubt But don't say my car's topless Say the titties is out Newness, here's the anthem Put your hand up that you shoot with Count your loot with Push the pool stick in your new crib Same hand that you hook with Swing around like you stupid King of the town Yeah, I gotta I've been get to there the hook, so. You know I click clack Where you and your men's at Through the smurf, through the wop Baseball bat Rooftop like we bring an 88 back They shooting Oh, I made you look You a slave to a page in my rhyme book You know Yo, what's funny? funny. Um <laughs> You know what? You know what's really funny? This only thing I'm gonna listen to him on. <laughs> Earth Gotti said this may be like the best hip hop song of all time. He wouldn't be lying. I, like, I wouldn't argue it. I think he said it's on Drink Champs or whatever. Yeah. But when he was trying to explain it, like I understood exactly what he meant. Yeah. It's not like the greatest song of all yeah, time. Yeah. But when you think about like all the elements of like a rap song, and like yeah. yo, this is one of those. Yeah. Um. I. I definitely. You know me. Um. What we do is my favorite rap song of all time. Man, uh, check this out, though. But if niggas had to make a like a top five, I shit a top three. Man, I could see that being right up in there, dog. The song is damn perfect, and the remix was great. Man. Almost had free in the studio yesterday, dog. Oh man, Flight was oh missed. man, man. He was in town for the fifty joint. And Makes he was sense. Coming in earlier, and uh, I got a call earlier in the week, like yo, when y- when y'all record the pot, I'm yeah. like on Friday. He's like, damn. Me and Free was gonna come through on Sunday. Like, nigga, say no more. Nigga, okay, <laughs> nigga, on Sunday. It's my like studio. That. Nigga, we did whatever. Like, all right, bet. We hit you back with the flight shit. Flight didn't get into damn near before uh, the concert. The show. Damn. It, man. But, like, we 100% about to get Freeway in this motherfucker. Nah, Dude. if Free had pulled up, I'd have had to come to the studio and get my whole verse off. You know, we was like, the whole, because this is a family tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it, I mean, we yeah. see. <laughs> What's so crazy is I still haven't dropped. I've, Created a whole new podcast, the Royal Rumble. <laughs> We've done two episodes, and I have not dropped them yet. Uh, and at the end of the episode, we one hundred percent sung that shit. Yeah, as a, a now it's like this is like word for word, it's my favorite song of all time, nigga. Like no question about it. Um, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode three thirty two of This Week in Culture. I'm your uh kind of horse host, uh, Ant Wood, aka Trinidad, and aka one half of the culture. Now I got my brother with me, Jay. What up, though? What up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, one half of the culture, one half of everything. And I know what you're thinking. Finally, my favorite podcast is spending time with me. What's popping? 
This week, we back to review episode seven of The Shy on Showtime and Paramount+. Plus. Um, before we get into it, I want to thank all the listeners, all the supporters, all the fans. I want to thank all the Patreon subscribers at any level, man. I just uh, logged into the email, seen we got a couple new subscribers. want to say a big what up, though, to y'all. For sure, um, for sure. Seen, seen a couple subscribers edit to that upgraded video package. Yeah, we'll be back later on this week with one hey, of those again. Hey, we coming right back, man. Video only subscribers. So, if you don't have a video only don't you worry we still gonna make sure y'all get some good content but unknown um, yo man scam likely's be going crazy um but yeah man i want to thank all y'all just for rocking with us Unno- week to week man y'all know the vibes um your favorite podcast favorite podcast back in the motherfucking building um no need to waste a lot of time man uh they shooting lena made us look i'm not a slave to this page in her rhyme book dog and um it's it's getting weird. It's getting it's getting weird. Some of the things that are going on on this show. Um, one thing I want to throw out there right now. Uh, I know this episode. You know, just based off what happened, right? Um, this was supposed to be. It was intended to be a very emotional episode. Yeah. It was one of those episodes where it's like, man, it's gonna be heavy. You know, they gave us the the Donny Hathaway um, oversung rendition by my man. Yeah. He be going crazy on the gram, but they had him OD on this. They did all that though. But what? This might be one of the worst episodes of the show ever. Listen, I'm gonna start off with a whole bunch of things that I liked. Okay, I'm not. Um, whenever there is dialogue between two people, yeah, on the show, it's shot magnificent. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's Darnell. And Emmett talking. Yeah. Like they shot the angles, the colors, everything's popping. Yeah. All the scenes where Keisha is at therapy, like they are shot perfect. Like yeah. I like, I enjoy yeah. the cinematography on one. this scene, yeah. on this season. I thought they shot the funeral cold, like just how it's shot. Yeah. Um, I thought at the very end, everything about that was dope. The the him throwing the, the dirt on the on the cast was a bit much, but like I understand, and why they only the let him get one scoop off? <laughs> like, and give then, me two scoops, and then bro. fade to black. You yeah, I mean? like I thought that shit was. I thought it was. It shot beautiful. Um, though I wasn't a giant fan, and by giant, like not at all, um, of Papa's acting throughout this this episode. Mm-hmm. His his speech at the funeral. He did well in that scene. He, he did well. He did really well in that scene. Because um, I watched it. Yeah. And I'm all, and I also like listen through, listen to it in the yeah. car. Damn near like a podcast and yeah. shit. So while I'm driving, I wasn't actually looking at pocket. Yeah, but it, it hit just, different. It I do that. Him, yeah, I'm like, yo, he sound like I thought that was good. Yeah. Um. So all I got. Um. <laughs> I appreciate you coming from the positive angle. I'll I'll continue. Um. I I think Bakari did about as good as. Bakari could have done um, yeah. as an actor in this. And and not saying that he can't do better, but I feel like based on the script he was given, how he was probably directed, I think he pulled off what they were trying to emote um, from his character. Also, him and Papa's dialogue at the wake. At the, yep, yep. I thought that was good. I mm-hmm. didn't like the first, the first. That opening scene was one of the worst scenes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, like, at, like from acting, just pure acting. Like, sorry, dog. My nigga. What's happening? I'm about to be in a movie. Oh, shit. <laughs> Tubi style? I'm about to be in a fucking movie. I got sent the script yesterday. Uh-oh. 
Uh-oh. Not, not nothing too major. Uh-oh. You know what I'm saying? Short scene. You feel me? And, um, yeah. Call him J.A., huh? <laughs> hey. hey. I mean, hey. Give it up for my dog. I'm about to just hit the effect button. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Coming to a television maybe. <laughs> you feel right. me? Stop the motherfucker. Yeah, that one don't stop. It oh, just, this episode is yeah. really <laughs> All right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, no, that's yeah. what's up, man. That's really dope. And how do you? Uh, how the script feeling for you? It's, I mean, it's literally uh, just a couple lines. Got you. It, got it's, you. it's literally just a couple lines, like maybe four. Um. Uh. So somebody hit me up. Yeah. And they said they was and they were shooting a film. This is a legitimate filmmaker. And um, they said, "Hey, we looking. F- we got a in the movie. There's a radio scene. Mm. And we looking for a spot to look like a radio. Want to do." The, yeah, you still got the studio, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, technically, we need somebody to play the radio person who's actually I mean, interviewing the well, the main person. Who else to and be I, Tom Joyner, nigga? I'm like, come on now, me interviewing somebody in front of a mic. Like, come on now, <laughs> I'm in my I, element. Right? As if I don't do that weekly on Friday nights. Mm. Uh, so I think that's gonna be uh, that's not gonna be it's not gonna be a stretch hey, uh, for me to say hey, four sentences in front of a if, podcast. If my like, nigga don't kill this, I don't know who else <laughs> would, bro. I could turn into Papa though. Uh, <laughs> yo could, man I could turn into Papa Yo I don't even like How they filmed That opening scene Like they came in Completely zoomed in On Papa under the hood And I was like What's happening dog And he was just In that bitch like Why dad Why Why did they kill you Ah And I was like Yo please stop this yo, Cause the- it was making me feel bad Yo what the fuck is Who What the fuck you here I'm like Don't do that don't I do can, that. I can see that. I can see that has been a conversation. I didn't like how it went, but I didn't love it. Um, and also didn't. Here's the thing, man. I I think over the course of this season, for real, I think I got a soft spot for my nigga Bakari, man. Like I think I like the young boy, dog. Yeah. I don't want shit to happen to him. Also, want him to win and figure out a way out of this bullshit. And um, I ain't like how Papa was talking to. Him. I get it was really yo daddy, but like, don't play me like that. Then come back later with the. Psych, you was like a son to him. Nah, nigga, now it's fuck you on gang, on 63rd, forever, nigga, on phone and grave. Man, like, it's just happening now. Some of the things I, I did not like um, about this very, one of the first scenes was yeah. when Jake and, and Kevin, Kevin coming here. Mm-hmm. Yo, leaving your mans to deal with the death of his father by himself, that's cold-blooded. So I thought about that. I thought about that exact thing. That's um, cold-blooded. So they walked in there, they came in to console him. Papa... Throughout the episode, not just with them, but with pretty much everybody up until the funeral, basically told them, I just want to be left alone. No, right? no, um, no, no. They offered that as an option off top. Yeah. Was like, yo, you want us to leave me alone? Like, soon as they sat down, yeah. hey, you want us to leave you alone? What? what? Nigga, sit in silence. Just sit there. You know, but this is where I, this is what I concluded, right? These some young dudes, man. He's 17. I don't know how... I don't remember when I was 17 if anybody I knew had, like, lost a parent in that. Like, that I was real close with, right? But I'm like, damn, how would I have been there for my dogs? I don't know. All I know is... I didn't love it, though. When I was that age and a couple years younger, I lost one of the homies on the, on the neighborhood, like, back-to-back yeah. consecutive years. Yeah. And we didn't know what to tell his mama. We didn't know... In both situations, they lived... Four houses down from each other. Yeah. You feel me? We didn't know what to say to his sisters and everything. You know what we did? We sat there on that fucking porch with them like we did all the time. As the fuck Silent. 
or bring you come some sort of joy. It ain't just yo. You want us to leave you alone, and then then. Oh, you sure you want us to leave you alone? Yeah. Don't, don't are you sure me with anything? Let's 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 go back to that scene. See how them boys handle that, man. Both hands on the shoulders. Look at each other. You go first. Uh, mean anything? No. Do you want us to leave you alone? Yeah. Yeah, like. Look, man. I'll... Really want us to leave you alone, and you're just saying that. How? I want to be alone. He, See, he, like, this, 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 just me. Yeah, I, I yeah. understand that how everybody grieves and how every, it, it's, it's all different. different all right? that. It's yep, all different. Yep, yep. Why y'all sitting behind him? Yeah, I'm giving. I'm going to my nigga. And I'm giving him a hug. Off top. Off top. And then I'm gonna sit in silence with him. Yeah. Um, Kevin, yo, you need anything? You yeah, know, I need my dad back. You know, my when, when my mom passed, mm-hmm. my father said he hated that fucking question. Yeah. Those are not his words. Yeah. But uh I could tell he was he was like, Man, I'm so tired of people like, if you're gonna do something, just do it. Yeah. Because well, just call me. I'm never I'm not calling. Yeah. Yeah, like if you want to do something, cause call me, then do it. Yeah, but don't be like, well, you know, I'm here for you. I one, I don't know. Facts. Um, two, in order for me even to pick up the phone to call you for something, now I'm thinking about it again. Fam, just do. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't gotta. Sometimes, yo, I, I'll sit in silence with you. I'll give you an extended hug, or you know, what I'm saying like, hey, you know what I? <laughs> when my man just passed away. And went to his friend not even a week and a half ago. You know, I told his sister and his mama. Mm. And I gave him a hug. I told him I loved him. Mm. Man, I love you. Mm. Because what else I'm going to say to try to... I can't... I'm not, about to, in this I'm moment. not about to think yeah. of no... So I gave his sister like, man, I love you. Because I do. Facts. And like, it ain't just... But you know what, though? You know what the I love you is? The I love you is one of the rare things that you can do for them, right? This is one of the rare things that you can say... That's actually comforting, right? But what people think is comforting is gestures, right? We have to make these grand gestures. Yo, what can I do for you? Yo, what can I? Yo, I don't know what I need you to do for me. I don't know what I need. I don't know that I need anything you can actually do I've never been here before. I don't have a plan. No clue. But you know what I I love you is? I I love you is simple enough to just feel good, right? And I can accept that. I can embrace it. I can take that in. And you can walk away knowing, yo, I told them I loved them. I meant it. And, you know, in that moment, I did my best to show it. Because that's really all I can do. Because anything beyond the I love you is a selfish gesture. It's <laughs> like, a, that's for a, you. That's not for them. It's virtue signal. Yeah. I want to come up, yo, anything that you need. You know what? Before I, I didn't ask nothing. No one of them said, hey, can you help my mom? Yeah. want to get some pictures and stuff off her phone so she can play one yes yes the 100%. answer is just yes yeah because i know that's something that i can do yeah and i know if that and that's yes do that yes 100 and, and that's the thing man like 
when you go into, you know, whatever y'all need, I got you. Whatever you need, you know, let me know, man. I got it. They're not going to let you know, bro. And it's not because they don't want to. They're not thinking about you in this moment, bro. So you aren't going to be the first person they think of when they say, oh, shit, I need boom, boom, boom. I remember when I got sick, um, when I first came home from the hospital, and mad people hitting me up like, yo, whatever you need, let me know. Whatever you need, let me know. And I'm like, bro, I, I've never been this fucking like ill before. I literally don't know what I need. There's certain shit I can't eat, drink, intake. I can't walk upstairs. Like, yeah. I can't do a lot of shit. You're going to do something, do something. I'll hit you up like, listen, I know you see. Yeah. I know you you see your parents all the time. You yep. do stuff. Yep. Give me what you would want yeah. them to do. Yeah. That was your exact text, nigga. And it's like, bro, something like that. Not only can I fucking remember that, right? Like, yo, look look at how specific this shit, because it's personal. And a lot of this shit be impersonal. That's how people respond. In mo- and here's the thing, right? We know I've done it. Fam, your father got, my father My father didn't pass away from cancer. He got murdered. He got murdered got choked in the house his home, that bro. I live in. Come on, man. So either I or his wife found his body. Yeah. He got murdered. Yeah. And you're talking about, you want me to leave you alone? Uh yeah, actually. If a I nigga do. asks me, do you want me to yes, leave me the fuck alone forever. Yeah. Cause that's I want everybody to leave me alone. I want the world to leave me alone right now. My pops got strangled to death for for doing the right thing this time. The thing that I pushed him to do, by the way. So it's you know what I'm saying? Like up here as a 17-year-old boy, it's no telling what's going through this young man's mind, dog. So I didn't love how they responded to that. Um, but again, I also looked at it like, yo, if I was 17, I don't know how I might have responded to that. Well, I would normally go with that. Yeah. But on this show specifically, these aren't 17-year-olds. Mm. They're putting these people in 30-year-old situations. Mm. And I got notes for later on. I was like, yeah. why are you acting like this is a 16, 17-year-old scene that you're playing out? Because it's, it hasn't been that. Mm-hmm. The next scene... Is when Bakari come in. Yeah. This nigga. (laughs) You about to play it? Yeah. This nigga got the nerve to blame Papa's Papa. (laughs) Yo, I mean, all the nigga had to do was just take the bag. Like, what? Yo, blame Papa's Papa is funny as fuck. Oh, shit. Kevin and Jake C. Bakari. They have a little stare off. He just go the other way. Yeah. And I'm feeling Bakari don't feel like being blamed for this shit now either, right? Yo, Kevin shot a nigga. The fuck you want? I'm hurting too, nigga. I know one of your boys killed him. I never thought that none of this would happen. But it did. Hate it. And now my dad gone because he ain't do a do to one of them two. He ain't do a do a. Look. If the pastor would have just watched the money, maybe he'd still be here. So you saying it's his fault? No. That nigga called him the pastor. Listen, my dad was a noble man. I hated this script. Papa ain't never said a noble man in his life. No. And I could tell by the way the, the shit came out, it wasn't that. Look, my dad was a noble man. So I be feeling like the director's like, no, say the script exactly how it is. Yeah. Like every no, the, no if, human if, yep. like, and it's like, yo, niggas don't talk like that. Bro. Writers. White people who giving black people words right like that. That's why I get mad at Victor every fucking week. I keep telling y'all, dog, they got Luke James on this bitch talking like he's delivering, like, 
thespian level lines, bro. <laughs> William like, Shakespeare. Bro, real shit. It's if I were a young warthog <laughs> ass nigga. Like that's how you be on here. Like, if I were a young street nigga, you be like, bro, that is not how people talk, nigga. This, that nigga said, Thank you so much for sprucing our place up. This gonna sound so not related. Oh shit. <laughs> but the worst movie Denzel ever did was that was that black and white Apple TV uh, Shakespeare? Oh, the shit from last year. Yeah, fuck uh, was that shit called? See, see, <laughs> Julius Caesar. Shit, I don't um, know. Uh, I love Denzel. I couldn't make it through the first 25, 30 minutes. I didn't even try to watch that shit. I knew what they was on. Like, um, but that's a, that's the kind of that's the how, tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah, Macbeth. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. that's how Trig be talking. Yeah, <laughs> real shit. That's how he be like, and I be like, wherefore bro, thou young. It, it just don't be fucking, like, real. It's, this is not how people really talk. And when we talking about Chicago, somewhere where, like, they have a very specific, like, dialect, grammar, way of speaking. And you got a lot of very authentic Chicago people in this show. Um, let them talk, bro. Like, my father was a noble man. Yo, what? 63rd, my father was a whatever. Like, bro, dog. Like, my father was a good nigga. He ain't deserve that. Boom. Done. End scene. My father was a noble man. Like, no, dog. And I feel like I blame Lena for some of the fucking uh, lack of acting chops that we saw in this episode. Because why are you giving a lot of these kids some of these very heavy dialect filled scripts? Like, let them just talk like 17 year old kids, bro. Like, you giving them dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. Bro, it don't got to be all that. Like, just get them something simple, something they can deliver. Because I'll be honest with you, dog. Uh, kids don't even be talking no more. <laughs> this text. Like, ain't no dialogue. They don't even be, they don't even, be, they don't even see each other in real life. Like, they just talk. I mean, they just talk through text. Bro, I, it's just, it's it's very unnatural. And the shit comes through every fucking episode. Um, before we go further. We had a voice note. Yeah, from, we had a couple of voice yeah, notes. That we missed that. last week. Um the week before too. We didn't never play AJ voice note. AJ shit from the week before. The week before. Yeah. Um but Rob's uh Rob Silver shout to the God third member of the pod. Um his voice note about episode six. And I want to play that because he left the episode seven one as well. Okay. So I want to make sure that we got these aligned. Um so Rob, my bad on that. Uh you already know us, love. Uh blame our hard exhaustion Man, not our hearts what's so funny is we talked about them <laughs> literally before the pod like yo we got aj we, got we was Rod, like yo we got all we the got ogs the dog, we got everything in and didn't line up the shit the way it was supposed to but um rob i got you right here we're gonna get this off so we can make sure your episode seven voice note goes off what's up fellas first and foremost congratulations to the young queen coco Mm. For a phenomenal U.S. Open final and winning her first Grand Slam championship at the tender age of 19. I'm hoping this sets off a great run by her. We'll see. Because there are a lot of very good to excellent female tennis players out there. But um, congratulations and kudos to Coco. (laughs) Now on to Shy. What was the FBI agent saying? Uh... Victor, uh, I know you're not a killer. (laughs) What? You're the FBI. I know you have his rap sheet. 
You see that he's killed before. Come on. Stop the bullshit. Lena, what's <laughs> up with the script writing? You guys are right. It's an anthology series. Anyway, who do you guys think was in the mask that killed Papa's Pops? And I think now Papa becomes the front leader, the front runner, when Duda finally gets murdered. And, um... I don't know, man. I just don't like the way they've got Emmett this season. How I, they have him being emasculated, in my opinion. I just don't like it. Him and Keisha were a beautiful couple last year, and now she's always screaming at him, blaming him for everything. The man's just doing what he's trying to do, and she's a hypocrite. She's got the nerve to say, it's all your fault. Getting involved with Duda. I told you not to give out. Man, you loved when you got the house. You were loving it. Man, get that bullshit the hell out of here. <laughs> um, and by the way, uh, that uh, Bakari's youngest uh, younger sister is seventy times better. DMC than Maisha ever was or is. I know where he's about to go. Maisha, give it up. Fellas, until next week. Peace and blessings. Rob, Yo. I swear to God, I didn't know where he was about to go. That. that was that was Rob uh, excellence right there. <laughs> Rob like, Yo, you took off the hoodie. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, Rob, it's funny uh, you mentioned Thank Keisha's you know. attitude toward Emmett um, because this week's episode, episode seven, she, she literally left like that last little piece of like redemption that I might have thought she would get this season and has officially become the most unbearable character on this bitch. Like I hate Keisha's character, bro. So when me and Ann was coming up to the studio on elevator, I was basically telling him like this week I probably I think I've had enough. Mm. And I think I've hit my limit. And I'm gonna try to go through these points without being so um Bombastic, yeah. You feel me? That's one of those words of the day, by the way. Um, without being so bombastic, but there are a couple themes that have been present, and I think this week they OD with themes and they reach their final conclusion. And I'm, mm. a, I'm, a, I'm a touch on these things. It's disgusting to me, though. Disgusting. Uh, I got a feeling I know where you're going with a couple of these. Oh, 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 no, no, no. I'm waiting on you. So, okay. I'm going to let you get your shit off. All right. So, listen. A um, couple of things. Uh, no such thing as this is wrapped around in the therapy sessions when Keisha is in there with the therapist and basically laying the groundwork that um, her mother is at fault for everything that she did. Um, she also said that there can be two heads of households. That's not how it worked. There is one leader. Mm-hmm. Like head of household mm-hmm. is like a, like there isn't two head of household. Yeah, that doesn't mean that one rules with an iron fist. Um, but he's like, yo, my my, my father typically took care of the money and took care yeah. of this. But it's like, oh, it sounds like they were really old school. Basically saying that if the man is the lead inside of the home. And or what have you, then somehow that's wrong, mm-hmm. right? So no. Um, one of the other things that she actually said, tell I can tell that your mother was provide. 
She told her basically, as a mom, you were providing financially, but you wasn't a real mom. Yeah. And we got what was left of you after you came home from after work. After you came home from work. Yeah. Welcome to the real world. Yeah. Um, but that's wild to tell your mother that you only gave me money and you don't care about nothing else. It was also a subtle jab in there about finding a black man, getting married to one, and having kids is not the way to go. Mm. Mm. They didn't just say that, but they had implied it because yeah. she was like, yo, I thought that marrying a, a no, I mean, rephrase it, marrying a good black man, yeah, <laughs> having kids and everything was not, and that, I thought that's how it was supposed to be, implying yeah. that that is not. The way it is. How it's supposed to be. Yeah. And then when you look at every other narrative on the show, when you look at man, transgender man, mm-hmm. woman on woman, like it's basically saying, no, you don't. <clears throat> Finding a good black man is actually, you're actually explaining that why it's a bad thing because everything that you've ever shown on the show has been different. Mm. The one time we got a little bit of redemption, y'all still ruined the quote unquote good man. Telling people, that finding a good black man, getting married and having children is not the way to go. But the way to go is exploring your sexuality, traveling the world, and being alone. Yeah. We don't want a, a, a man in the house making decisions. We don't want you to find a good black man to get married, to have children. I want you to explore your sexuality. Yeah. I want you to travel and be out. And I want you to be alone. And once all those things were were, were, were touched upon... The therapist said these were hard truths. You just confirmed everything that you said. You know what's wild, though, about specifically those statements, right? Um, Don't get a good black man. Travel, be alone, explore your sexuality. You know where else we see that? The internet. Social media. Every single day we see that. And it's funny because we always talk about how Lena will pull, like, the trending tropes. Unfortunately, that is one of them things that y'all say. Every fucking day, dog. We're going to push it in, in a little bit further. Also, while the therapist is doing her recap, she was like, you just said Nina did not say she felt obligated to be a mother. Mm. And, to her, and she treated her child like a burden. That's not what she said, but that's how it was painted. Me, and this whole, you didn't want me. Meanwhile, you got a whole rape baby that you didn't want, was too scared to get an abortion, then actually gave up. For adoption, and then at the last moment, you took the baby back. Mm. How do you not know that me not wanting to be a mother at that time means I don't love my... Do you not love your son? Mm-hmm. Like, you know you love your son. But in the moment, was this the that circum- baby wasn't the ideal situation for you. This this was not the circumstance that you thought was going to become that your child was going to Yeah, yeah. But to, to say, you don't love me? You didn't want me? Did you not, did you, literally, you didn't want your child. You know where that reaction might have felt a little more appropriate? Somebody about Kevin's age. Like, if they had Kevin in that therapy session, right, and he said something similar, that wouldn't have felt off to me. From someone who, one, has been through what Keisha's been through and has had a baby that she questioned whether she wanted or not, right? Um, Had a baby that she did give up and then go, Retrieve. I don't know what you do with a baby when you get it back from adoption. I don't know the appropriate word, but you gave the baby up. You got him back from adoption. And then um, 
just to be at the age that you are, right? You're you're making big girl decisions. You don't bought a house or got a house with this dude, had him put you on a mortgage. You knew he had multiple children who was going to be in and out the crib over the weekends. Like, you're doing big girl shit, so it felt really just a little odd in the moment that you didn't want us was the response. Because you don't want any kids? Come on. Because you've like, you been... We used to you for the six months that we've been together. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like it's just it just it's just wild that the the the, the tropes. Also, it was definitely uh, against some of the shit she's been preaching. Also, the trope that we are just to assume that uh, Gemma is bisexual now. Oh, so there that's getting a slow roll. Remember slow roll Detroit yeah. where they ride the bikes around. Gemma on one of them bikes. That's getting a slow roll out because it's coming. If you look at her narrative, is that. Fuck school, mm-hmm. fuck education, fuck mm-hmm. a real job. You need to be in rap, and you need to have a, a like, and you need to be you. You need to explore your sexuality, fam. From the minute that they said, um, uh, shit, her twin, her doppelganger yeah. that go with her dad. From the minute she told her, um, that managers can have multiple artists out of that eye. I literally knew what they was lining up, right? And then as the the eggshell has sort of cracked over that. Like, when we saw Bakari's sister and then learned she rapped, you knew where they was taking it, right? Then when she introduced herself to Gemma, and Gemma kind of had that, like, that look like, no, I don't want to manage you. I'm attracted to you. That was kind of the look she was giving her. And Jake peeped. And Jake walked up like, hey, and I'm her boyfriend, Jake, nigga, what's happening? And then... We see the call, or I'm sorry, the scene where Maisha's in there recording her song. Gemma comes in late, 20 minutes late. I was with a better artist. Sorry, fucking around with Bakari's sister. And then when her and Jake at the crib, he like, hey, you know. Make sure it's all that's all If you're going to manage her, make sure that's all it is. Like, personally. jealous? Personally, I think you need to focus on Maisha and make some fucking money. Now, like, in your brain, if you don't think your, your girl is bisexual at the very least, why the fuck would you be worried about another woman saying you better be hoping that's all it is? Yeah, nigga, she's straight. Well, we see they lining it up, and here's where I know it's really going to come to fruition. Her doppelganger daddy girlfriend was fucking with Candy and Duda when we first met her. Like, she was literally in bed with Candy the very first time we seen her. So everything about most of the characters on this show has been anti-whatever the nuclear family is. Mm. And, and for, mm. for me, just watching... Like, it's clear that there's been this giant dog whistle this whole time and saying, no, like, they whatever character we thought was going to be, like, good yeah. or upstanding, we've destroyed it. Yeah. Like, you're a bad person. You were bad. Even when you thought we was turning a corner with um, uh, Emmett. Yeah. No, we got to darken this shit up. Man. Like, every single person has to go through some kind of trauma. And, like, God damn. And when you're not, like, I'm looking at this through my lens, of yeah. course. Well, when you a younger kid or a child or whomever, like, this just normal. Yeah. And, like, I'm not even, I don't even realize that I'm silently agreeing to everything. And it's not that just because you agree that means you bad or you wrong or this not the way to, it just seemed like it's a very clear agenda. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, 
you you listen to uh to the voice note we played from Rob and that again that was the voice note from last week, right? Yeah. Um haven't even gotten his thoughts on sort of that emasculating shit that's happening in Emmett's life. But going back to the family unit for a minute, when we first met Emmett, it was just him and his mom, right? His relationship with his dad was non existent. Um, even when he was forced to move out from his mom's crib and then he went to live with his dad, um, it was such a strain because hey nigga, where have you been for all these years? You've paid child support, but you haven't been there for me as my father right and then he saw his father with these other kids that he had and it was like yo i really don't like that you played me but they got the fucking father of the year um so then over these seasons we've seen the two of them build their relationship back up right seen darnell with any of them kids ever since well shit we ain't barely seen Emmett with any of his kids ever since so um but we've seen them rebuild their relationship and work on it and go to one another and is dealing with his trauma and all his shit he going to his pops more right but then just to fuck the household up and the family unit him and his mama don't talk no more and i'm trying to figure out why that's a thing like some people online was saying like yo i wonder if it's a problem with yolanda ross and uh she on a different show now jacob Lattimore. I think Yolanda Ross on a couple show. Like, she be working. I saw her on something else yeah. recently. She definitely be working. Like, people were saying, I wonder if it's an issue with Yolanda and Jacob Lattimore. I have no fucking clue. That ain't my concern. But I am curious why their characters have barely said a word, if at all, to each other. Like She ain't barely been on the show. That bro has not hardly said a fucking word. Um, And when she has, it hasn't been the image. It's been to everyone. Like... Even thinking back to that house party uh, episode, right? I find it very hard to believe that when she was in there talking to Emmett's homeboy, trying to hook him up with Tracy, that Emmett wouldn't have stepped in and said, "Ma, what the fuck? Like, bro, don't do that. Like, don't. Last this time you is was weird." People up. You had you had my baby mama fucking a. a Come dad. on, nah. Come on, nah. So or um, vice all, versa. All that said, like the the you know maybe one or two traditional family units that might have been fucking like. They're on the show. They found different ways to just kind of split them up. All right, we're going to get you Darnell and, and Emmett. We're going to get you father-son. We're going to break the fuck up. We're going to get you Pop and his dad and if, finding retribution. Then we're going to kill his pops. And if I'm being honest, like, Keisha, very selfish. Oh, hell yeah. Even in her therapy session, nah, I just want this shit about me. Man. Everything man. that I think is the way it should be. Even on your first day at school, your first day at the job, you telling your bosses how they should handle it like fam. Everything ain't about you. Yeah. And just because you think it don't mean it's true. Yeah. Um, Let's get to some of these other voice notes, man. I want to actually go ahead and play Rob's episode. Uh-oh, he got a part one and two. Oh, boy. Yo. I'm about to say he coming D. Scott on this. Yo, shout out to D. fucking Scott. D. Man. Scott, what up? Congratulations, man. Got a baby girl coming. Oh, boy. Oh yeah. boy! No, I ain't gonna hit the I ain't gonna hit the <laughs> laugh he track po- on him, dog. The, the 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 photos of the, of the I missed uh, that gender reveal and everything on on the line, man, man, it's dope. You feel me, dog? D Scott, congratulations, look, family. Look really, really excited, man. Much congratulations to you, man. Yeah, that's sure. really fucking dope, man. D Scott, congrats to you and your lady, man. Um, make sure she take you to the steakhouse to get the D Scott special. Maybe that's what did it. You the D Scott it? special <laughs> might have got her the D Scott special. You feel me? Um, yo, man, that's super fucking dope to hear, man. Uh, D Scott, one of our biggest supporters, man, and and really just somebody that. Again, yo, this is a family for real, man. D. Scott, really, uh, really happy for you and your lady, man. Uh, wishing for just a, a healthy, happy situation all the way through, man. Um, 
Damn, man, that's fucking dope, dog. Man, look that's at that. really fucking dope, man. Oh, y'all out here with the matching plaids on them niggas? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, that's hard as fuck, dog. D. Scott, man. Salute, bro. That's all I got. Big ass salute to you and your lady. That's fucking amazing. Look at this nigga. John. That is fucking amazing. <laughs> look at D. Scott. Y'all love when niggas be happy to be a parent. Yo. Yeah, man. That really makes me feel good. Like when people are excited about their child. Yeah. Like, like women, I, I love when y'all are happy about y'all child, but generally y'all are. But like for dudes, like I just love to see my brothers like, yo, man, I got a baby on the way. I'm hype, bro. Man. Like, cause even, you know, thinking about TV shows and media and movies and shit, they always try to play it when the dude find out he got a baby on the way. It's always goes, some shit. He go to the homies and shit be like, man, what I'm supposed to do? His reaction ain't never excited. And yeah. I'm like, dog, no, bro. I know some niggas who legit, like, in that moment they found out, changed their fucking life, bro. Like, I'm like, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Shout out to D. Scott. Yo, you gonna make an amazing pops. Um, Your girl don't know what hit her because you about to be over there. You and the baby finna get on her nerves, nigga. Jokes for days. I know they coming. You finna go crazy. I am fucking excited, man. That's really dope, bro. <laughs> Salute I, D. Scott, bro. I feel like D. Scott is not gonna wait to play the you a mom. <laughs> no, no, no. You a mom is happening on uh, day two. Of soon as she home from the spittle, you a mom is coming. She bro. in the hospital. You know, the guy opening it back like, come on, you a mom. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to go to the bathroom. No, you a mom. Close that. Dog, Um, D. Scott. So real quick, because it was soon as you said his name, it made me think of this. Uh, somebody in the Facebook chat, shout out to uh, Tanisha, by the way. T. Floyd, happy birthday to you, family. Um, she was talking about power, right? And her disdain for the Tommy series, right? Yeah. And, uh, I didn't even watch it this week. I, I ain't going to read all the shit she said, but D. Scott commented and was like, damn, you must be a part of treason because you ain't fucking with the white boy. <laughs> <laughs> Treason is crazy. Yo, dog. Um, shout out to D Scott, man. Happy birthday, T Floyd, man. Appreciate both of y'all, yo. All right. Back to the God third member of the pod, Rob Silver, man. Let's see what my dog thought about this. Uh the Shy Episode 7 Part 1. What's up, fellas? Before I talk about the Shy, I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on a couple of things that occurred the last few days. Do you think that that was an actual fight that Jonathan Majors was breaking up? I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, dudes were clowning, but I want to know, do you guys think that Jonathan Major was, Majors was being a good Samaritan, being a good brother and breaking up this fight between these two young people? And, man, have you ever seen anybody capture footage of a fight with their laptop or an incident with their laptop? <laughs> I, I Shorty brought out the laptop, had me hollering all right i want to stop right there so we can answer that question directly live in effect um rob no and no i don't think jonathan majors did anything but act that scene out nigga. also and i'm gonna tell you why i think that because he had that hat on for sure also if for some reason it was true and he actually broke up the fight why did you break up the single fight on the internet with a steady camera yeah. Like yeah. they was going it wasn't a giant crowd mm -mm. or nothing. Mm -mm. They was going at it and you broke up the best fight video that we possibly can have. Yeah. I mean, but here's so you just led me to a second reason why I know it's fake, right? Single steady cam, right? From the laptop, right? 
You turned your you turned the laptop around, fam. Because the camera is only front facing. These two motherfuckers did not leave the view of this camera, nigga. The camera never moved, and they never left. It was as if someone said, "Stay right here, stay right the fuck." Now, here. granted, this is middle school facts. So this is. 27 years ago, okay? Yeah, yeah. If not longer. Yeah. We was coming down the street. was coming down Constance. Like, Constance and in between Menock and Granville or something. Okay, like okay. It Big West Side two shit. two girls by themselves. Okay. No crowd going at it in the street. bucking. Young, like, they was just going at it. Okay. I'm like, oh, they really want, don't, yeah. they want they smoke with yeah. each other. It wasn't no crowd. Like, it wasn't like one, two. It was just them two Bucking in the street, and we happen yeah. to walk up on it. It's, there's no such thing as a cell phone at the time. So. Facts, facts. Do you think that if you had a phone and you just held that bitch right here and didn't move, that they would have went off screen? This is the only time. Because they just they just was, <laughs> it was like Street Fighter. They just stood in front of each other bucking. This is the only time I've ever seen that in any fight. Even Yo. in the boxing ring, they're not in the same <laughs> spot. <laughs> like, in the boxing ring, they're moving around. Yo, um... Not real. I posted this on Twitter. This is easily the funniest <laughs> shit I've ever seen in my life. I la- I could not stop laughing at this shit, bro. Because where did you put that, on Yo. that fucking emoji? Yo, look, look, look. I'm Holy about to, shit. I'm about to find that on, on Twitter right now. Oh, I'm sorry, on X right now. Yeah. And um, I'm taking it and I'm putting that shit on people. Dog, that is the greatest shit. Like, yo, go to This weekend Culture um, and just go to our page and just take a look at the timeline and look at that last shit we tweeted, because uh, it is the funniest Yo, thing you've ever script. seen. In your I, life. I couldn't tell you. Look who it looks like I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know if they just use that as Yo, a reference. If they name you that, that's gonna be funny as fuck. Because that because the name is in the script. Because then like, that's the name of our following pod. The movie that <laughs> the minute that movie dropped, the following pod is gonna be that. I'm just saying it now, bro. Mm. All right, Rob Silva, back to your voice note. But no, I don't think Jonathan Majors um, just randomly happened upon a fucking fight between these middle schoolers. I, I just don't think it happened. I really don't. All right, and I also want to hear your thoughts on HBO's sudden cancellation of winning time. Oh, man, I am so thoroughly disappointed. I'm as disappointed as when Showtime canceled City on the Hill, Flashbush, Flatbush Misdemeanors, and American Gigolo. All four of these programs, quality programs. Also, Quincy Isaiah, we talked about how great he was season one. He gave a master class in acting season two as Magic Johnson, especially a few episodes ago. Mm. The dialogue, the conversation between him and John C. Riley, who, who also has stepped up his game as Dr. Jerry Buss, mm-hmm. when they relived the real-life situation, when Magic Johnson went to Dr. Buss and demanded that Paul Westhead get fired. I love this, this scene because both men put on their acting bag. All right. So part one got cut off. I'm going to assume that part two picked right up where he left off. Um, but if it doesn't, we will just talk through that. All right. Here go part two. And Dr. Jerry Buss, John C. Riley is Dr. Jerry Buss trying to talk down to Ma- Magic, which 
white people do all the time. Oh, what do you think your father would think about the way you're acting? And Quincy, as magic, exploded. Talk about this got nothing to do with my father. And you got the nerve to talk about family when you got a fucked up dysfunctional family. Oh, Quincy acted his ass off. And I hope nothing but greatness for the young Michigan brother. This is his first major role. He bodied it. And I hope that he continues with his success. Um, HBO, fuck you. All right, now on. <laughs> so Yo, let's it, jump in right there. I haven't watched it. Season two? None. Um, I've watched the first four episodes of season two. It's really good this season. I watched the first 10 minutes. I guess it was at a bad time where yeah. I was trying and I never just got, wasn't paying attention. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm fairly sure that a lot of people probably did the same thing. Yeah. Which yeah. is probably why I, um, I'm, so I watched the first episode when it first dropped. Then I was like, all right, thinking pod, right. I'm like, well, we needed to build up a little bit so I could see a few episodes. So I waited until it was five out, watched the first four. Um, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, they are bodying season two. Well, shit, they bodied season two. So season two um, is over? Season two ended last night, okay. and almost simultaneously, HBO announced that the show wouldn't be returning. So I also want to point out um, that it probably costs more to make this show than we are picking up for subscribers to watch this show mm -hmm. because I can probably get, well, not even probably I can gauge if somebody is a new subscriber and how long, how many times did they watch um, winning time? Was that the first, like to gauge, like did this person sign up for winning time? Mm -hmm. Because that's a new subscription and they watched it every week since or type of thing. Like, so yeah. if I'm not actually building revenue because of it and it takes me, I don't know, X amount of million dollars to for every episode. Like, is it worth it? Yeah. Because if I'm not making money hand over fist with it. So one thing I know for, actually two things I know for a fact. And I hesitated to say this when when winning time returned. Um, because you just don't know, right? I, I didn't want to, you know, come off like an ass and be assuming. I didn't want to make a prediction that was just bold and wrong. Um, but when winning time returned... I noticed certain shit, right? And I noticed due to the acting strike and them not being able to promote it, there were a lot of people who just mm. flat out didn't know this show was back. Gotcha. And um, I noticed it big time with this show because of how much marketing went into season one, right? Mm -hmm. um, we were talking about season one three or four months before it premiered because they was dropping trailers. They was giving you the cast. It was masterful dog i wonder when it's going to impact radio and tv and breakfast club and shit like that because mm. every time a tv show comes out all the actors go on the promo run yeah they go to breakfast club they go to hot 97 they go to um uh the big more big boy in the morning yeah they go to they go there's a bunch of different places they go but like ain't y'all done run out of guests in a minute because yeah if y'all can't even promote, like, that's what happens. Yeah. Y'all go on um, different things and y'all promote, oh, this one person who's from San Diego, now she's on San Diego's version of Fox 2, saying, hey, I got this new project I'm working on. Yeah. And every actor on there has a community that they go to and say, hey, I'm doing this thing, and you want to see your people in there, so you go see it. So if I say, hey, I'm about to be in the movie, once I when I when once I say that, here's the name of the movie, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Y'all going to go see it. Get to see I'm like, yo, what this nigga, J.O.? Just see what he on. You feel see me? See what he on, yeah. Which is why I think, like, 
some of the movies locally that are produced here, we watching it off top because your man's is in it. And, Facts. And then if I'm entertained by it a little bit, it's oh, oh yeah. I, I fuck with this. That shit was alright. Yeah, and um, they don't have that. It's almost, and I mean almost. Yeah. Like what I'm seeing happening right now with this uh, UAW strike. Yeah. There's some particular people who online keep telling everybody not to support this. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Well, I get it. But once this strike over, y'all going to have to sell some fucking cars. Yeah. And if you don't, if you if you've been not promoting it for X amount of time, like don't go to the auto show. Well, that's where we see the new cars that we want to buy. Yeah. So in order to fund your demands, gotta you sell them cars. You have to sell those cars. Yeah. Shit. If anything, you should be promoting like a motherfucker, Man. so they can sell some more cars to 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 fund the demands yeah. that you want. Like what what with the with the strike on the TV and the writers is like, yeah. fam. If you don't make a demand for this particular show, then how do I use it as leverage? Yeah. For say, I'm not, I'm not going to come back next year. Well, so, with Winning Time being such a successful show last year, right? Um, two things that I peeped. One, HBO with Winning Time and with um, what's Easter's show, Rap Shit. Um, they dropped one year and then season two was ready the next year. Um, I, I don't mind the pace, right? But in this case, similar to Rap Shit, I felt like they should have pushed the season back. Just push it back a few months. Make sure that a show that was really successful for you a year ago has the opportunity for you to market and promote it and be just as successful, if not more, also, second season. has niggas got tired of it. Magic. Because mm. last year, it was three different magic things. Magic content and Laker content last season went crazy. So was it, yeah. did they, did Winning Time benefit from the two different Magic Johnson documentaries? Like, y'all want to see. Because, like, if I give you a documentary on your life yeah, and I'm all hyped up, now I want to watch the show in your life. So it was it was winning time. It was the Hulu Lakers doc, and it was the Apple TV Magic doc. Yeah, all out at the same time, like literally within three weeks of each other. All three of those were out, and they intentionally or unintentionally all helped promote each other. Yeah, because now I'm on. They were all great, by the way. It's like when um, the the Last Dance came out. Nigga, give me more Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Give me mm-hmm. more. 80s, 90s, back, mm-hmm. like whatever you got, give it to me. And yeah. then after a while, that phase is over. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. It's, a, it's probably a combination of things. So you also brought up the other thing that I know. I'm, I'm aware of this based on one of my friends uh, who's a writer at HBO um, and currently striking. Um, I was told specifically, because I had a, a bone to pick last night about hearing that this shit got canceled. Um, the budget, you brought it up. It was astronomical for this show to get the rights to the names and the use and the fucking licenses for all the shit that they have going on on this show. That budget did not allow for another season with this strike pending because this second season did not get the views that it needed to warrant the budget that that show has. And people probably are Boycotting Paramount or not Paramount HBO HBO or, Max, or Max yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people who like, oh, I ain't fucking with them. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? I love winning time. Like I said, um, I'm enjoying the fuck out of season two. I think it's been really well. And you could probably say it's better than the first season so far. Mm. Um, it is strong. Uh I agree with Rob. Um, the the young man that plays uh Magic Johnson, like he kind of hit another stride acting last oh, I year. I can't wait to watch it. Bro, like it's really fucking good. Um when they bring in <laughs> 
the the Larry Bird dog who played yo the yeah. tension between these two this shit got great bro let me ask you this what's happening there are certain shows that we be like nah we can't review this week to week yeah we need to let a couple episodes build up yeah you think that's a fault of the show or fault of us um I don't, like, know, I don't know. I don't know that know I would fault. fault. Yeah, I would say that it really depends on the format of the show, right? Mm. So, um, for a show like Lovecraft Country, for instance, right, every single episode of Lovecraft hit on a different historical, but also internal, like within the show thing, right? Like we had an episode about fucking uh, Sundown Towns. We had an episode about Emmett Till. We had an episode like everything had a different point. So every week we had something completely different to discuss. I guess what I mean yeah. is I don't know if these slow builds is going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because slow builds is built for bulk watching. For, Facts. For, 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 for a binge. binge watching. Yeah. And like if you got a weekly show yeah, it's not a People not gonna binge. People probably gonna start like myself. Unfortunately, gonna watch them all now. Yeah, I'll just wait because I'll just wait. I've heard that. like, oh, we got a, we got a couple of them got a, yeah, like you know that's not the. And so with winning time specifically, because I agree with with you on just a slow build in general. Um, with winning time though, because it follows a very real and very particular timeline, also think that made it hard to discuss week to week because it's kind of like. Yo, if they don't get to this event yet, the Magic episode before might not give us enough to discuss. You know what I'm saying? Magic never got A's. Facts. They ain't even get that far. You know what's fucked up? Um, I would have loved to see the Dream Team. So the fucked up part is after season one and all of the success, there were discussions about, one, continuing this through Magic's retirement, um, but then shifting focus to the 2000 to 2002 Lakers. And there was going to be a very heavy focus on Shaq and the 0102 kind of rift that yeah. started with him and Kobe. Um, and this was in the middle of the three P who the fuck would not watch Fam. anything re- remotely tied to Kobe Bryant Fam, It's there's, it's an instant hit, but because y'all cut off winning time now, we're more than likely never going to get that show because it was going to be told by the same people. So you just kind of took it and blew it. Um, and I, again, I blame HBO for pulling the trigger. Here's the thing, right? If you got a show as big as Winning Time, Astronomical Season 1, surprise hit Season 1. Not really a surprise. It's about Magic and the Lakers. But you push that back to fall. Wait till basketball season. Wait till it's appropriate. You don't push back rap shit, which people were excited to see, were sitting around waiting for. And then the week prior, you say, now nah, we're going to push that to November. And I know why y'all did that, because Issa said, hey, give my show its just due. Give us the proper time to at least wait to see if we can promote it before y'all drop my shit, because don't fuck our ratings up. But I don't think rap shit's ratings would have been that poorly affected. I think a show like Winning Time would have benefited from the delay. Well. The rap shit was probably, they were probably expecting a spike in season two. Mm. We don't need to stay just the same. Yeah. Like, yo, no one knew about this show or whatever. It caught Came blood. out of nowhere, People yeah. started talking about, no, now, now season two probably was going to spike. That's probably, I might got something in my contract to say if season yeah. two performed better than season one. No, give it is just dude. Yeah. I want the full promo package. Yeah. It's just, it's fucked up. I think we're in a very 
um, unprecedented time because of how we watch TV. Big facts. And another victim of that is the Wonder Years. Oh, my God. Yo. Like, I enjoyed the hell out of the first season. Man. Um, I couldn't wait to win for Wednesdays to watch it, but yeah. then it disappeared for a long time and then came back and then disappeared again and then came back. So when it came back for season two, I forgot it came back. And I, I just don't go to my Hulu app yeah. like that. Yeah. I um, So I caught it that it was back because, again, it's something that they can't promote right now. So when it returned... And here's the thing, right? Summer TV shows are already kind of dying a slow death, right? Especially uh, primetime sitcoms. Like, that's just... Usually, if you get put in a summer slot to start, which uh, Wonder Years did last season, your second season, if they pick it back up, they might drop it in the fall to try to give it a better chance or maybe a different day during the summer to try to make sure the ratings spike. But the reason I knew it was back, um, I saw it on my uh, little piracy app, yeah. and I was like, oh, shit, and we watched it on you on Hulu. So I was like, I want to get his shit as streams. Here's where I knew Wonder Years' fate. Um, it was... They dropped two episodes the first week. Then it was weekly, like normal. And then around episode six, they dropped the remaining four. And I was like, yeah, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Nobody's watching it. Nobody's talking about it on socials. It doesn't have the buzz because they can't promote it or discuss it. And it ain't really, Hulu just said, fuck it. it ain't no juiciness that's going to yeah. start a debate online. And it's just a good, wholesome black TV show. Um, and I ain't even gonna put black on it. It's just a good fucking show, dog. Like, shout out to the Wonder Years. Shout out to the remake. I also wonder if um, Fred Savage being fired from the production crew and just kind of having any involvement in it because he had some weird shit pop up last season. Um, if that had anything to do with, yeah, we want to distance ourselves from yeah, Fred completely. Like, and it's you know, it was such a good show. I right, we gave it a second season, but in reality, we don't want to do this no more because now we can't fuck with Fred. Also, I wouldn't be surprised just as in two thousand eight, <clears throat> when the market and everything crashed and jobs were being lost, a lot of companies just let people go to save money and yeah. blamed it on the economy. Yeah, and was like, oh shit, these motherfuckers gonna be happy to have a job. I'm gonna let go of my staff, save some more money. Yeah. Like, Yo, this shit costs a lot of money. Let's get rid of it, man. On a regular time, if wasn't it wasn't no strike going on, or anything like that, I probably couldn't. I probably couldn't be able to do this. But now yeah. I just blame it on something. But you know what else too? Um, here's the the other part with winning time, um, specifically. Yo, this HBO dog, two seasons and you out has been an HBO special, nigga. Like. It ain't been a lot of most of the classic shows that we discuss with HBO were like next level groundbreaking shows, right? They weren't just good TV or great TV. It was like, no, these are some of the best ever. How about this? Snowfall is the last of a dying breed. Mm. Will there ever be a show, our television drama that can last five years? Nah, I, we've seen last of that. Even like. And that was just FX. Yeah. And then we, and I didn't fact check this, but I sent Jay a video um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was a guy who used to be on Disney. And shit, we talking about Wonder Years, this ABC. Um, but he was talking about how after, 
I think he said three seasons. Yeah. Um, he said if you look at all the old like Disney shows, Disney Channel shows, he was like after the third season they would shift the title just a bit, right? So it would go from like it's a new show, yeah, that's so Raven to that's so Raven college years or something like that, right? And he was saying the reason that they did that after three seasons is because that would be the end of the contract. Once we switch it to a brand new show, we don't have to give you a raise. Well, they also said like if it's a brand new show. We only have to pay you 88% of the going rate Yeah Because we're not even sure that the show is going to stick around When we're talking about residuals Yeah, yeah, yeah So like We're not going We're not sure that the show is going to stick around But yeah. after you make it After three Like, okay, cool Three seasons Now, now we got to pay, pay you your full, full fucking rate Yeah um, For when this bitch goes into uh, syndication. syndication So um, He was he was dropping some gems um, And it really did make a lot of sense So when you think about that shit It's now, probably a lot of shows That get cancelled after two or three seasons Because I, I don't want to pay you They gave me different examples Other than Disney Because yeah, yeah. Them kids be older than what they are And, yeah, after three and it years, changes the show You are actually in high school yeah, And you yeah, have to be yeah. Lizzie McGuire in yeah, college Or yeah. whatever, whatever And now I think back to like the very, 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 very beginning of like a show like Say by the Bell, right? They started out in middle school and then went to high school. It didn't say Say by the Bell high school. It was just still Say by the Bell. They ain't change it till the yeah. college years. Well, they remember they, remember they had Say by the Bell, the new class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. They definitely started to switch it up, but we had a good little four or five year run of it just Say by the Bell. So I'm with you. I want to, I wish it was some data out there to show me that it's more than just. Disney that did that um, But Seeing some of the shit That Disney Has done At ESPN Some of the shit That's happened on ABC Some of the firing Some of the I wouldn't Say it's well, beyond fired, them They fired everybody At ESPN To pay for the uh, Hey I needed uh, Pat, McCaff, yeah. Pat McAfee yeah. And Shannon Sharp I needed y'all niggas stat. I thought the Shannon Sharp shit Was false But that nigga been on ESPN Every other day since Yeah so. Um. So he got a contract for, I think he's on Stephen A. Smith's show two days a week is what he's signed for, right? Um, and then he can also promote his uh, his podcast over there. Um, he still got to stop staying skip, and you also yeah. got to recognize that you at the big boy table now. Yeah, yeah. Like all them the, the funny goofy theatrics. We don't. I, it just looked different. I told on ESPN. Shit, that shit was uncomfortable when it was on Fox Sports, and y'all told me I was hating. Yeah, I don't like all that goofy shit, bro. I bet you you don't pull out no fucking stocking cap, no and, black and mild, uh, Hennessy. And Hennessy. Nah, I bet that don't try go that down. on ABC, Disney ABC, nigga. That'll be your last day. Contract voided. Now Pat McAfee got your whole hour. Um, yeah, man, I just don't like the goofy shit. Um, good fucking aside, man. Rob, those were some great questions. Um, sad to see. Winning Time and uh, The Wonder Years Off the Air. Two really, really great seasons of TV from both of those shows. If you've never watched either, or maybe you didn't get caught up on the second season, um, both are completely available through season two. So find some time to binge them um, and, and just go watch some good television because, again, dog, we're going to lose a lot more shows than we get in this next year if shit doesn't get resolved really fucking soon. Um, all right, back to Rob's voice notes. I know you about to jump into the shy. On to the shy. Um, see, kudos to Shimon Brown Jr. He was phenomenal in this episode as uh, Papa. Oh, he showed great facial expressions when it came to him mourning for his father. The eulogy he gave at the at the funeral was 
just beautiful. Yeah. Just beautiful. A fitting tribute to his love for his father. I want to also talk about how I think Jacob Lattimore has been tremendous this season as Emmett, as he's been, he's been, he's been uh, verbally abused by both his lady and Duda the entire season. And all he's trying to do is be a good man to his woman, be a good father to her child and to his children. And man, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for his character. And, um, one last thing before I but, but, but before I uh, ask you guys what you think about next week's episode and how long this midseason uh, break is going to be. I was 24 years old when Jason Weaver debuted as a little boy as Michael Jackson on the Jackson's miniseries in American Dream. I'm 55 now. Jason Weaver is what, 41, 42 maybe? Why does he look 65 on this fucking show? Why does he look 10 years older than my old ass? (laughs) He looks horrible. Okay. I got that off my system. (laughs) Next week's episode is titled Who Shot You? So we know dude is dying next next week. How long you guys think that the uh, midseason break is going to be? Because it says that it's going to be a midseason finale. And do you guys think that they're just going to totally rip off the final season of OG Power and use an episode at a time at all the suspects. Because look at all the suspects. Rob, Rob's mother, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Emmett, Emmett's father. Oh, my God. Papa. Tr- uh, not Trey. <laughs> uh, Trigger, Luther King. Yeah, Trey. Got all Bruce these suspects. Nope. Who's it going to be? You have an episode dedicated to each person. The young nigga that's getting the murder. Up. <laughs> we'll see, fellas. Peace and blessings. I'm gonna sit back, enjoy this episode, guys. Continue greatness from the Detroit gods. Peace to you, Rob. We look um, at the trailer next week. Young dude, the the car thief nigga. Yeah, get hemmed up. Baduda. Yeah, yeah Zay. Yeah, I, I finally learned his name. I had to go look it up so I could stop calling him nigga with the hairline. Um. The way that they're approaching this, initially, I thought, okay, if they go 16 straight, they're going to give us the who shot, do like angle the way that we got the who shot ghost, the way that they did the who shot JR. Um, but now that they're dividing this into two different halves, right, we get into eight episode splits. Um, I don't know that they're going to go that angle only because after next week, y'all go on however long of a break y'all go on. Um, and I, I have no fucking idea how long this break's going to be. It could be a month. It could be three, four months. These niggas could decide to come back in January. Um, but however long of a break they take, when they come back, I don't think niggas are going to care who shot Duda. they probably coming back um, December. I, I see know, it. I don't know if y'all... Somebody tagged us and sent us something about the next season of The Shy is going to be the twenty five, the 2025 to 2026. Mm. Um, because it, this is pro- going to be on in 2024. Yeah, for sure. So at the end of 2025, moving in 2026 is going to start up again. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's usually, and I think this one did. So it's probably going to be sometime this year, moving into next year. Yeah, I can definitely see it. Um, 
But all that said, whenever they decide to come back and bring us the final eight episodes of this season um, after next week, midseason finale, I don't know that people will care enough for them to come back and play the who shot Duda, let's go through all the characters, right? You might could get an episode or two of that off. Maybe even then I think two would be pushing it. But I don't think them remaining eight would hit as hard as if they had gone 10 and then gave us six that was focused on that, right? Hit as hard to who, though? Cause well, for we, us, yeah, we were like, nah, yeah. But for folks who eating it up, yeah, I can't get enough of this shit. Yeah, um, it also will depend, right? And we'll see when we come back in and discuss the mid season finale. It'll depend, um, on how they end it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, cause here's the thing, right? I don't know that Duda's the one getting shot. I think they're they're projecting that. I think they're you know, um, kind of leading us down that road. But they could go a whole different angle on this shit. I don't know for sure. Um, and we're going to, at the end of this pod, we're going to play the trailer for the finale, or the mid-season finale, rather. Um, so me and Jay can give some predictions and just kind of talk through it. But I'm not 100% sure that they're going to go that route. So more time, I guess, um, for us to discuss it. Uh, but in the meantime, I am happy they're doing this mid-season finale because that'll give us more time to come discuss all the other shit that we got going on, man. Uh, maybe we bring the changeling to the main pod or some shit um, and and keep giving y'all that white excellence with uh, with Apple TV. They over there fooling. You know that's a black writer who write the, the morning show? I did not know that. A black woman. I didn't know that. I just found I, – I, some after it went off, yeah. I Googled the writer, and I went to her web. The black woman writes Salute. this shit. It makes sense. <laughs> Salute. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sean asks. <laughs> that Patreon comment. Uh, Sean, funny as fuck. Um, all right. We got more voice notes. Yo, my man James. Wow. Didn't I know that? Michelle Denise Jackson. That's dope as hell. Look at the first line. <laughs> <laughs> Like why would you go this route Yo that's wild Cause you didn't have to say any of that You ain't have to And I would never read it out loud But you ain't have to say you any of it You get canceled Yo, If you facts, read the first facts. word now, I'm not reading your bio um, Yo my man James just sent in a voice note Before I play this I want to say happy birthday to my dog um, yeah. Shout out to the homie James man uh, One of the, the smartest Funniest cats you'll meet man Just an intelligent dude all around James one of them dudes that know a little bit of something About everything you can possibly want to fucking discuss um, Just a great cat Huge supporter of the pod Huge supporter of Shop Talk in general The whole family um, and, and just a great guy to know man I hope your birthday is going really fucking well bro And uh, yeah man go get the D Scott special Yo pause You know alright He left a voice note Papa's dead Pun intended and Jay, what up, though? It's your boy James. And uh, James, <laughs> hey, listen, man. Um, there's one thing I can't do, and I don't watch like ten minutes of the shy. And the the one thing <laughs> that I would say, I couldn't finish the episode, man. It's, it could be the bourbon. It could just be that I'm being extra critical today, or whatever the case might be. Shit. But Papa is not strong enough. For an intro montage with a dolly zoom, it, it, he's just not strong enough of an actor. Your boy, uh, Bakari, 
it's got more emotions man. about a man that was a father figure versus Papa, who was actually your dad. And that's that's just what happens, man, when you got a difference in acting. And and the shot gonna keep playing with me, right? I ain't seen the voice <laughs> under the shot, but they're gonna keep playing with me multiple times. And this and this subpar ass acting and directing, it, it it makes you sick to the stomach. Man. That's it, y'all. I might be back. I might not. <laughs> but that's it. For now. Yo, Jay's left a, 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 episode, a, a note last week commenting on some shit we was talking about on the other pod. Hold on. Oh, oh, I got it. I got it right here. Um, says the... the <laughs> So it wasn't even, oh, it is a voice note. It was toward the bottom. Um, the headline or the subject is, uh, I am my own boss, parentheses, rolls eyes. What up, though, fam? Just wanted to share some commentary on your last topics you talked about revolving around business. Sorry if it's a bit long. However, I personally feel this is an important topic to discuss. Thank you, brothers, for getting my blood boiling over this topic this morning. Love you guys. Love you too, dog. But if you're talking shit, we don't love you, nigga. All right, see what my dog had to say. Yo, Aunt Jay, what up, though? It's your boy James. Hey, tapping in. It's been a minute, but um, I'm happy to uh, send in a voice note to tap in with y'all. And I just want to talk about some of the commentary you guys have been having around business ownership, money, entrepreneurship, and all those things. Because that's kind of it's kind of my bag there. But you know, I for those who may not be familiar, this conversation started with essentially how they're kind of portraying getting an education and getting a job on the shy. Um, that's that's where these talks started many weeks ago. And then um, during the convo that uh, Gemma had with her dad about going to college, getting a job, not going to fucking or um, going to community college, that whole part, that's kind of where it really led us. Then, just an FYI. Then you mentioned that somebody was like, was online basically saying, you got a nine to five. Yeah, you, like, got a, you a sucker. You a sucker. Um, and it, you know, it just kind of, again, the shit that Lena brings to the shy is very much so pulled from the conversations that we see y'all having on social media every single fucking day. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to tie that in. Also, Jason Weaver is 44 years old. In real life, Rob, to answer your question before I get back to James's voice note, Jason Weaver doesn't look like that in real life. It's only on the shy. They age the fuck out of him. I don't know if they're trying to give him like a, a hardened... I've been in prison for 20 years, look, but they aged the hell out of them on the show. So, all right, back to you, James. I hear you guys, right? Um, 100% aligned with what you guys are saying because, right, you know, social media does this cycle every year or two where it goes back to you dumb as hell for working a nine to five. Um, you know, you dumb, you know, you should be an entrepreneur, be your own boss. And then the flips and it says, you know, you should work for a company and become a C suite executive. You know, it always flips, right? Because it's just what's trendy at the month. It's, you know, but really what it boils down to is, two things right and and i just want to provide some per, per, uh just a different uh perception as far as the nuance when it comes down to entrepreneurship and the two things are one the service to the free market system right the service to the market and then two understanding capital which i find most of these people who be talking shit online have no idea of how the real world works when it comes down to that and jay if you don't mind i'll use the studio for an example sure the podcast studio shop talk podcast studio in oak park michigan right that's your business okay and you don't answer to nobody or anything like that cool 
But what people don't understand is that you answer to every single person that inquires, walk through that door, sit down, that you do content for, that you do everything. You answer, you work for all of those individuals. You work for all of your customers to give them the absolute Big best fun. experience, best quality product that they can possibly have so they can be returning customers. And so that those returning customers can then refer other customers who become returning customers and so on and so forth. You're servicing the marketplace. I mean, how many podcasts have been through that particular studio? Over 200. Right? That uh, That's what it's about. Your, your your bosses now become your clients and your customers, not necessarily your superior, but the people that you actually work for. See, that's the thing. See, people that become entrepreneurs, they lose that. They lose the idea of service. They think because they're an entrepreneur, it's a privilege for a customer to come see them. Nah, you, you, you're not at the top 0.00001% of your industry. So you have to do it within the service and the quality within you give to the market. And the market is only going to reward those who service the the marketplace the best. That's just how it goes. So fall out of love with the bullshit of you, you know, being an entrepreneur and I'm the boss and you answer to me and fall in love with servicing your clients and servicing your patrons and servicing the people that ultimately give you the money they worked for to put into your pocket to help you build and fund your dreams. The second part is about capital. What kills me the most is that so many people who preach entrepreneurship miss this one point. You talk about entrepreneurship being on your own, not having to answer nobody, but what you never tell nobody is that people need money in order to build their business, whether it's designing, manufacturing, packaging, production, systems, whatever the case might be. It doesn't matter if you provide a service or you provide a product. It's going to take money for infrastructure, for systems, for fees, for licenses, for taxes, everything needs to be funded from somewhere. And what better way to be funded than to take a portion of what you're making on your nine to five while you're doing that from nine to five, but from six to 10, you're building your business on the side with the money that you're able to get from something that you have going on that's fairly consistent. Because I can tell you what can knock you out of business and it's, and it's just not having the funds to keep it afloat. It will shut down. That's just what it is. So I find as though for people that might be thinking about entrepreneurship or even starting some type of business or starting to make a lane for themselves, I feel as though when social media start pumping the trope like you dumb as hell for working a nine to five, it can be, it can almost provide a gating issue for somebody who might be like, yeah, I can't go full in there just yet because I don't have enough money saved up or I got responsibilities or I need the health insurance or, you know, my wife is having a baby right now. We can't afford to not, you know, I can't afford not to have any income because I got a new little one on the way. Those types of things could be gaining issues and could really stop somebody who might have something great to provide to the marketplace. They have the capital, they have the want, but because their mentality is getting thrashed, just getting stumped on because of people talking about this whole idea of you dumb as hell from working a nine to five, <laughs> people people get beat down, man. And I and I don't think for people who are business owners, you know, we we might know this, right? But for the general public, right, that's not the motivation that you want for people who want to start making a lane for themselves. 
You know, there's nothing worse, guys. There's nothing worse than a person who claims they're business owner and stuff like that, but yet don't have the funds to put into their business to make it better. And I get it. There's cheaper ways to do everything. There's very crafty ways to do it. But at the end of the day, everything has a cost. And that cost comes in the form of money and finance and capital. And it has to come from somewhere. And, you know, the greatest thing you can do is be able to fund your business and pump cash into your business and not take away from your business of other revenue that's coming in. So that's all I wanted to say, guys. Um, I appreciate the commentary. Uh, it is part of the culture. That is a cultural thing we need to change, especially amongst black people. Like, for real. Y'all talk about generational wealth. Y'all got no clue on what that is. Maybe I'll <laughs> touch on that in another voice note of what that really means. But uh, I'll holler at y'all. Love you guys. Keep doing a great job that you guys are doing. And um, yeah, I'll let y'all next time. Peace. Boy, Peace, I don't want to hear about no GW ever again. Yeah, man. George W. Generational wealth, nothing. I None don't want to hear it. None of it. Um, Yo, be great with your money. It's a podcast by James JDA. Uh, go find that on uh on the podcast platforms. Be great with your money, James. Man, appreciate you always, brother. Enjoy your birthday, bro. Um, all right. We got one last uh, shy, actually two more, pardon me, two more shy voice notes. Want to bring it back, see what folks is talking about. Um, <laughs> can we send a, can, can somebody out there who is enjoying this season, you send me a note <laughs> saying like, yo, what you liked? Because I'd be confused. <laughs> Jay say, send me your likes, dislikes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the subject on this is funny as fuck. Never seen someone cry through their nose instead of using tears. Hey. If you seen it first on the shy, man, let's see what uh what this voice now to Shamo. Yo, I enjoy what you guys saying. This is a call from the UK again. My boy, I haven't sent a voice note in months. My boy, I'm back again. Yeah. So yeah, just finished watching the shy, and I'm gonna name this voice note Crocodile Tears <laughs> because I don't think anybody in that episode or. At least the people that needed to show sadness <laughs> were able to do it correctly. <laughs> Papa and Bukhari, their tears was so fake. I can't lie. It was just kind of sad to watch. <laughs> so that, weak. And that um, first scene, yeah, where, where Bukhari walks in with a gun looking for um, um, Duda or whatever. I don't know. It just didn't feel real. I, it just felt so scripted. The same thing with um with um Papa when he was crying in the church. I didn't see no tears. I, it, it just didn't feel real, man. I was just a bit like I, I wanted to move from that scene because this is your whole dad, man. Your whole dad is now dead, <laughs> and you're not even acting like it properly. That like, I, I don't know. It just didn't feel real. Yo, Yo, I love the accent, by the way. Yo. That shit is amazing. No, I, I need an accent. <laughs> I think it every time him or AJ ever send a voice note, I'll be like, dog, I your need a fucking accent. Your whole dad is dead. Yo, this is your whole dad. This wasn't half your dad. This is your whole dad, He's bro. dead. Fucking crocodile tears, man. Yo. The last speech he did was great, but the rest of this shit was no, that crocodile. Shit, real life. The opening scene was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like that, y'all were trying to evoke emotion out of yeah. somebody, bro. Like it was so uncomfortable, man. Be honest with you, I could have just scrapped that scene. Yeah, for what we got later in the episode, like it was a lot better. Y'all could have just my first scene with Papa could have been him getting rid of his girlfriend. <laughs> oh, we gonna get to that, buddy. All right, let's get back to the homie Eco. Um, another thing I grasp is Ma Maisha. She should just drop the fucking mic, bro. She can't. <laughs> 
Yo, Maisha, give up on your dreams. <laughs> they not fucking with it out there. On, Yo, on, on, get on an education, pond, man. They not fucking with it. Come man. on. If you can't go global in this current wave of global fucking rap, then it's not going to happen for you, Maisha. Sorry, buddy. This motherfucker said. I don't know. Two years in, I'm already the GOAT. Nigga, this your second song. <laughs> she, she the GOAT of singles, nigga. Damn. You realize Yo, all she said she the goat in a city where Common and Lupe from and Kanye <laughs> and Vic Mensa. God damn it. Yo, Vic Mensa got uh ten times a harder song than Maisha first two songs. So Vic Mensa got with JL Jay Electronica. Electronica. That, shit that shit is beautiful, is beautiful dog. dog. It really is. It's like it's fucking beautiful. We didn't in sync that on purpose. Yeah. Like it's shout a beautiful to, fucking song. Shout out man. to June. When you see all June and all captures all facts. He sent me that shit. He was like, Yo, this is how I want to remember uh Vic Mensa and not Yo. the version of him that's on the shot. Yo, the version of him on the shy, I was actually disappointed we didn't see him again because now I got a new respect for you now because I forgot you used to be rapping when you was rapping and now, now you, you back rapping, 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 dog. Like rapping, rapping. Yo, but you also can't get on a song with Jay Elect and not be rapping. Facts. Don't waste a Jay Elect verse. And Held Big Mister did not. complete on. He 100% did Electronica. what he needed to do, dog. That verse was fucking, both verses were phenomenal. And then Jay Elect came through. Gave us so much and yet still left room to where he could have gave us about 10 more so words. you do know all last season they was bigging up um, Maisha because this was the season before is when she debuted and was she was a rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this yep. season it was like, yo, uh, uh, a papa being like jealous of her and everything. Yeah. She didn't make a new song the whole time. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It's been two years, my nigga. Yeah, yeah. Two years. I mean, at least she said it in her raps. Two years, I'm already to go. Also... Hey. That hold mean, up though, hold up though. Two years she already to go. Think about this shit. We just talked about a nigga that dropped one song and then bounce. Jay Elect. Maisha Elect. Also, this fucks up the timeline though. Okay. Cause how you been rapping for two years? This was after Keisha. She mm. started rapping after Keisha had the baby. Um how old is the fucking baby? I don't know, but Keisha also said something in therapy that made me think when I was um, a teenager. When I was a teenager, and I was like, oh when shit, I was how a old young they got her? Girl, I'm like, I had Keisha. visions of pain. So no, I'm like <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> she had visions. Yeah. <laughs> you will know. Okay? Yo. You will know. Oh shit. Oh shit. Nucky United. Yo, mm -hmm. man. All right. We got to get this voice note <laughs> and one from dog Aaron because we got a lot to fucking discuss. Yes. When Gemma walked in looking like a fucking boss babe, you know, in that little suit that she was wearing in some random studio, telling her that she should rap because um, she's, she's the kind of Bukhari sister. Then she dropped those shit bars, bro. She should just drop the mic and do something else with her life, bro, because <laughs> it's, it's not even good. Um... Who is, I, I don't know. I, I let me guys can tell me, yeah. But who is Nuck? Who really is Nuck? I don't think maybe I wasn't paying attention in season four, or whatever. But I don't think we know enough about Nuck because okay, cool. We know that he's one of um, um, Duda's henchmen and that he was at the door when um, Keisha was lost, but. I don't think I know enough about his character, yeah, for them to now be making a scene of um, um, Keisha and and um, Nuck talking together, you know, having little physical contact and this and that. Because I was watching that scene yeah, and I was just thinking, wait, so were they friends before? Were they ex-lovers? Like, I don't think I know enough about him. 
I don't know, maybe I, I don't know if you guys feel like that as well, but for me, I personally think that there's not been enough depth in his character for them to be doing those kind of scenes because he only has a two-liner where he's either agreeing to what Duda says or saying, yes, boss, yes, boss, or some bullshit like that. Like, yeah. Um, what else did I like about this episode? I don't think I noticed. I, I like the therapy scenes because it now starts to show a bit more about the relationship between Keisha and her mum. Um... I, I like the scene. I like the way they did it. I like the little therapy sessions that they had together. Um, I thought it was really good. Um, I think now they're portraying a change in heart with Gemma. Um, she looks like she's going to be starting to fall for Bakari's sister. So now Jake is going to get left on his own. Um <laughs> Oh, this show has changed so much since the beginning. Mm. What happened yeah. to the 63rd Street mob? Oh, mm. I, I miss them, man. I want to see them again. <laughs> and I like I, that little chessboard scene with um, Duda and um, Nuck. It kind of resembled a scene that I've seen in Power before with Kaden and Tariq. Not sure if they stole that. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> but yeah. And then the ending of the episode, at first with the funeral... Has everybody forgotten that Duda is a fucking criminal? Like, <laughs> he's, this guy's walking around like he owns the place and nobody says anything. Wasn't this guy sent away last season for getting caught for beating up somebody's dad or something like that? I don't know. But, um, yeah, back to the ending. Um, yeah, the funeral, it was all right. Then <laughs> Mr. Crocodile Tears, a.k.a. Papa, went off again. He started speaking and when he broke out into the cry, I was like, yeah, this is so fake. <laughs> he started to get into it though and he done his thing. He was able to, you know, show the, the emotions that I've been waiting for the whole episode. Exactly. But it was so sad because when that had finished, the episode had ended. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I've talked for quite a bit, so let me leave you guys. But yeah, hopefully I hear this on the podcast. Oh, man, keep, Bye. Yo, keep, <laughs> yo, keep sending in voice notes, yo, okay? No, no, no. That was fucking great. Because like, by the time he gave me the fucking emotion <laughs> that I had looked for, the episode had ended, nigga. What the fuck? Yo, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for that fucking voice note. Also, cats who got a uh, accent, it's a cheat code, bro. Yeah. Everything y'all say is just fucking great. Yeah. Like, it's great. It's either charming or funny or it's just like... Yeah. Y'all say mad regular shit and it's dope as fuck. He touched on a lot of stuff. He so did. You he don't did. know a lot about Nug. Well, we don't really either, but we piece it together. Yeah, yeah. So Nuck, um, to sum it up, was Keisha's boyfriend. They were dating. Well, she was the person that they was fucking. Because that was not boyfriend girlfriend. Well, I don't know how much of a girlfriend are you really gonna be to Nuck? You know what I'm saying? Like, and the first time we saw Nuck, like you said, he answered the door. Yeah, <laughs> but he was dirty. <laughs> he was tra- like a dirt, a dirty. Yeah, he was a grimy nigga. Put the gun in in, in Kev face the whole nine yards. You was trafficking girls. Yeah, we had no idea you was connected to Nuck. I mean, yeah. connected to Duda until he can't Duda came over there and y'all like moved the girls. Yeah, yeah. So um, we thought you took Keisha. So you know what's even wilder though? Uh, going into Nuck's background for a minute from what we knew about him, right? Um, which is why we say this shit is a fucking anthology. Um, when Nuck was trafficking women and he had that entire house full of fucking women that he was trafficking, and then old Trigg and Jasmine, uh, Trigg's ex-girlfriend, 
we came to Chicago with. That nigga gonna keep it, but bro. <laughs> but look, they went in the crib, tied up all the thugs, and released the fucking girls. Right? Kicked knock out. Literally told that nigga this ain't your house no more. And they kept the house for the women. And because we had a whole pod, like, yo, would these victims of trafficking have wanted to live, live there in, yeah. in that house of horrors where they was being raped and trafficked? House of horrors. <laughs> I mean, it was horrors. Um, but would they have realistically even wanted to fucking live in that house? Dog? We had a whole pod about it. So I don't even like, like, we was, because um, he was in a voice note saying, like, yo, have people just forgotten that fucking Duda is this hardened psycho murderer criminal? Fam, has Trig just forgot that nigga? You literally stopped Nuck from trafficking women we, and he just in the streets. And we also, like, Nuck, why did you come to the funeral after you killed him? Fam. Fam, y'all not uh, fr- like you're not friends uh, with him. Like, first off, you don't go to church unless you there with Duda to to threaten somebody. All. Fam, you missing from a funeral would not be nothing. Yeah, yeah. We not. Why are you there? I I literally have. How come Bakari didn't say anything to Nuck for being there? So fuck that. How come Keisha hasn't said anything to Nuck? Because the same nigga that you keep asking to protect you from Duda is the nigga committing the crimes that you want to be protected from. Also, there was a time jump in this episode okay. that no one has taken, that, that the writers did not even take in consideration. Okay. All right. So I'm assuming that it was the night before, the wake was when this shit started off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know uh, you want. So, oh boy, what's Rashad? What's Jay, yeah, Rashad got the guns in the middle of the night. Yo, you got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, somebody breaks in the crib. Him yeah. and old girl fell asleep on the couch. Somebody breaks in the house. He heard the glass shatter. Yeah. And then he woke up, immediately went to the vent. No screws on that bitch. Popped the lid right off the vent. Took out every gun. Took every took the bag out, unzipped that bitch, and pulled every gun out that bitch and said, yo, he was on that uh, Marlon Wayans, don't be a menace. Like, I, I want to wear these. I, I also don't understand how she ain't wake up. No, nah, she slept silently through that shit. Because, like, you, I, I, we were, I woke up because it was gl- the glass. Then I moved around. Yeah. Then I'm doing all this then shit. Then pulled out nine blickies. Yeah, which is this wild. Um, How big is this duffel bag? That, so that's like day one. Yeah. I think this is a three day show. That's night one. Okay. He didn't have those clothes on when he met because the net, the, the net. What I what I feel like yeah. is the next day, um, when he went and took Bakari the bag. Yeah, at because the, but, outside the funeral wake. Yeah, because one Bakari had on three different outfits. Yeah, the hoodie mm-hmm. when he met one of the first scenes where he like, why the fuck you here? A different suit when he was in front of the wake and got mm-hmm. the bag, mm-hmm. and then all white on the third day. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and I know black people do not bury people the very next day, so three days is still kind of fast, but we, we can do three days. Yeah. Um, technically probably four because that was like, the, whatever. So when Rashad ran upon him, he had on a gold suit. Yeah. And like. This the next day. Did you take? Did it take you twenty four hours to find him? Because she told you get these guns in my house tonight. Because he said I do it first thing in the morning. She said tonight, and he got up and he left. So somebody pointed out, and I haven't rewatched the episode since I read this, so I cannot confirm or deny. But somebody said in the comments because um, somebody did bring this up, and somebody responded and said, um, 
Rashad had the shirt and pants on when they were asleep on the couch. Like, he woke up wearing half of that. So you can assume he just threw the jacket on to the suit. The reason I can't assume that, because this is twofold. Um, that night, whatever that night was, Keisha went to see... No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well that day, where the fuck do at? Like, he found out... Emmett goes in there looking for Duda. Yeah. Nuck like they gotta make an appointment. Keisha already took care of it. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. That's a daytime. That's a that's that's on a particular day. Yep. The day before the funeral. So the day of the funeral, she put he pulls Keisha to the side, like, yo, you wouldn't see Nuck. Yeah. You didn't talk to her last night? This the this the first time you seen her since yeah. yesterday? Y'all didn't sleep in the same place? Nah, she Or is this one her. long ass day? It like seemed what, like the longest what, day in America. And like, how many outfit changes? How many times we go from light to dark, from dark to light? Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Is this one day? Is it two days? Is it three days? It's a lot of days. It's a lot of fucking days. Like, oh, what day is um, Emin and his pops toasting to? That's kind of, that felt kind of like, yeah, he was a good man. Nigga, I got murdered. Um, That scene didn't hit as much for me. Because and it was a lot of scenes that didn't hit as much for me, but that one with Eminem and his pops talking, yo, he was a good man, boom, boom, boom. I get where y'all could say that, um, having just you know had that talk with him in the in the therapy session with the group and the men, um, and him just being like a neighborhood figure. But one thing they never really established, which is why Papa's dad was such a big character this season, they never established him as a character. Not only that, prior to this season, they never showed none of these niggas go to church. Except Papa, like we didn't see him being this upstanding community leader that y'all try to portray him as this season. And in this season, we saw it, but it was like I didn't. I don't like that they made it where like every single one of them went to his church all of a sudden. Like Trig going to get counsel from you never taught this nigga ever in your life. Trig, you not from here, fam. You from Kankakee. We know this about you. You literally did not live here. So going to see him to seek counsel, it just didn't hit right. Um. The even like the little like beef or tension that they tried to establish between Papa's dad and Papa girlfriend daddy, um, where they was like, Oh yeah, my dad don't like your dad and y'all church and da da da. Like, who's heard that? We ain't seen neither one of these churches, these church fam. It just didn't hit the way that they trying to make it affect us, dog. Um, and because of that, certain shit like Eminem and his dad toasting up, yo, he a good man. Neither one of y'all ever been to this church, bro. I also don't like how that they alluded Last season, that Darnell got money because he don't save, he he don't spend money. That's how he bought the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was basically, like, yeah, yo, I just don't. saved everything. Yeah. yeah, I didn't say like, but you had all this baby mama drama. Yeah, with all the kids that you yeah. wasn't. Anywho, I'm also not a fan of speaking of that because that scene with him and Emmett sitting there. Will do. How was his mama, who was so concerned about him last week, not sitting down with the three of them or the two of them and having a drink too, nigga? I don't like how they basically made Darnell like, Darnell, you're going to foot the bill to get him out of the thing with Duda? Yeah, the whole uh, how much it costs. The da, only da, da, way that yeah. you get out of this with Duda is signing over both restaurants. Yeah. That's what you got to make money. And Like, here, sir, you have all the restaurants and the house and the cars. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to my apartment, which yeah. is what the fuck I would tell Keisha. Well, fine. You don't want to be with me. Take you. And that fucking baby and your no no job having ads back yeah. to your fucking mama house. Yeah. Cause you don't have you don't have no income with a baby. Yeah. With nowhere to stay. Go back to your mama house. 
I'll love real quick. I don't know if you read that. I just wanted to that last uh, paragraph in a sentence. We just read an email right now that has something specific that we couldn't uh, get off online. Yeah. So, um, all right. Got another voice note. Let's see what the homie Aaron talking about. No time for bullshit. What up, Aunt? what up, Jade? It's your boy Aaron and Union Official from Old Park. And I just want to say, what the fuck is up with y'all? I send voice notes every week and y'all don't play shit. Y'all just act like I don't fucking exist no more. I don't <laughs> do get be, that. I thought y'all was cooler than that. I'm going to have to stop listening to y'all bullshit ass show. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> See, say. I can be a 2B actor too. Because in reality, I haven't sent a voice note in over a month. I'm about to say, and I what? bet. Y'all was either thinking that y'all just not see the voice notes or if y'all haven't already shut me off, y'all was about to shut me the fuck off. So if y'all know anybody who direct Tubi movies who's looking for... <laughs> yo, the pitch is fucking hilarious. Because <laughs> legit, I'm like, yo, we ain't seen no fucking man. Like, I scroll back like, nah, that's say August 9th, bro. <laughs> oh, shit. That's huh. funny. He's right on point, though. Actor... Let them know y'all know somebody who can do a great job for them. <laughs> but after the strike is over, because I'm a union official. <laughs> the niggas not in the union. Now, <laughs> let me speak Pop on the stuff that y'all been reviewing. I listen to every one of y'all episodes, and I enjoy every one. But I am not watching that bullshit, The Shy, <laughs> or any of that power shit. <laughs> because I don't have time for what y'all are describing <laughs> to me to be terrible shows. I don't feel like this. But I do enjoy listening to y'all podcasts. Now, let me speak on something that I heard on Shop Talk. Jay, you said you wanted to reach out to some union people to come on yeah. and speak on what's going on with the UAW right now. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I am a union official in the UAW. That's I have over 20 years experience in the union, being an active union member, started off as Teamsters, now I'm UAW. I have served the members as a steward. I am currently a three-term trustee second time trustee chairperson and I sit on the executive board. For those who don't know what a trustee is, we are considered financial officers. Mm. I'll go more in detail. Yeah, we're gonna set it up. We're gonna set it up about hey. that. But the brothers who you was talking about did a podcast at y'all studio one time. I know mm. them. If you want me to put you in touch with them to see if they're willing to come on y'all show and speak with y'all, I'm going to leave my phone number in the email of this voice note. Just give me a call, and I'll try and put y'all together to see if they're willing to come on and talk to y'all, because they still do a podcast, but I think they got their own studio that they're doing out of. Um, but they do like educating, because we hook up all the time. We take the same classes, teach 
classes and everything. So they some good brothers. They smart. Be they fair. dedicated. And if anybody going to talk to y'all, I would rather it be them. But if they don't get back to y'all, I am available this Friday to come and talk to y'all to explain some things. Because y'all got some things totally twisted. One thing I'm going to clear up right now before I shut off this voice note. Y'all got it twisted how much the international president of the UAW make. He don't make near about what y'all said he make on y'all last episode of Shop Talk Podcast. If you want to know how much he make, because I'm not about to announce this <laughs> on here, you can go on UAW.org. Look at the UAW Constitution. It's uploaded the whole book. It's a red book. And it will tell you how much international officers make, including the president. And once again, he don't make nowhere near what y'all said he make when I was listening on Shop Talk Podcast. Just wanted to put that out to you, brothers. Like I say, if you want me to reach out to them other brothers for you, just give me a call and I will. Peace and blessings. I'm going to keep listening, even though I'm not going to watch that bullshit. <laughs> oh, also, is there a way that I can get on y'all Patreon without going to Spotify? If it is, let me know, because I hate Spotify, but if that's the only way, I'll go ahead and do it through Spotify. Talk to you later. Bye. Aaron, go to patreon.com backslash This Week in Culture. You ain't even got to touch Spotify. Yeah, we yeah. Don't, we're not connected with yeah. that. Uh, the Patreon and the Spotify completely separate. Patreon.com backslash This Week in Culture. Now, there is a RSS uh, a feed. feed that you yeah. can put into any... Whatever you use, join in. But no, you don't got to go to yeah, Spotify at you all. You do not have to deal with Spotify. You can go directly through uh, Download Patreon. Download the Patreon app. Yeah, yeah, Patreon app. And then just search This Week in Culture. We'll pop right up. Or just listen from the uh, from the um, browser, whatever your, your browser is. Um, it's, it's right there. You ain't got to fuck with Spotify. Um, all right. And then he sent a part two. And then we're going to get back to the shit. What up, Aunt? What up, Jay? <laughs> This is your boy Aaron, the union official from Old Park. Just wanted to add that those positions I hold, I hold on a local level, and I am a member of one of the larger locals of the UAW, and those are elected positions that I do not get paid for. One of the most misconceptions out there is that everybody dealing with union stuff is getting paid like a motherfucker, but most elected and appointed positions on a local level are unpaid positions. On top of the table. That's it. Peace, brothers. Appreciate the clarity, my boy. I'm fucking with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But look, well, I'm going to reach out to, to, to Kennedy, like the president. I, yeah. I got my man number and uh, low key, you and him can come on. I, I, I fuck with him, man. He's a smart guy. He's a good He's a good brother. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, so, for sure. So last week on the pod, we was talking about this UAW shit, and I said, mm-hmm. "Listen, I'm probably wrong, and I'm looking at it from my perspective. So I would love somebody who was literally in there uh, to have like a a competent conversation. Yeah, because there's some things that I just don't understand from the spokespersons and the smoke spoke people that I see on the internet um, speaking for y'all because I see what they do all day at work, which ain't nothing, uh, and then telling us to. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah, yeah, I'll reach out. Yo. 
<laughs> yeah. Yo, it took me, me 1.2 seconds to Yo, put that shit together. Come that on. is fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, um, Aaron, appreciate you, my brother. Shout out to Coach Prime. Um, shout out to Coach Prime, man. Uh, let's get back into this shy shit. We dragging. Um, plus there's some shit that I want us to make sure we cover. Um, let's go back to Keisha and Nuck for a second. So the episode. Early on, uh, we see Keisha still making her little haste to get about the crib. Why are you so quick to leave? Why do you want to break up this quick? So do you think, because I thought she, I thought they squashed that before. Yeah, but I, I guess too. because Papa Father died, she wanted to dip again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She looked for a reason. Yeah. Don't use my dad death to be like, yo. Go double, to your mama house. Yo, double up. Yo, why won't you just go stay with your mom? Take your son and go stay with your mom. Because son already over there. They don't want you. Come on now. Come on now. Um, But. She like, yo, I'm about to fucking leave. Uh, Papa Daddy done got killed. This shit done got dangerous. Emin like, yo, I'm going to protect you, though. She like, nigga, you can't. It's already fucking hidden. And I'm like, yeah. But are you dead? Papa Daddy dying is not me and you getting choked up in the house. Like, well, let's be clear. Well, low-key, what you actually asking me for is to end up like Papa Daddy. Because mm. mm. he was like, nah, we not taking this money. Yeah. I'm not. You're asking he me to he stop not, working. He not washing the money. I'm not going to hold it. Yeah. It's like, the same thing. I want him to be real. My nigga, I don't have a choice. These niggas are killers. Hey, Keisha, guess what? We might maybe, from the business perspective, could have not got tied into this much bullshit. We might maybe could have bought a car from that nigga dude I was broker. Once I took the majority of the money to buy this house. That nut made me take. Come on, man. Come on, man. And I told him, like, Come nigga, on, what man. if Keisha find it? Come on, Nigga, man. make sure she don't find it. Like, bro. Like, you went to ask for help for the nigga who made him do the thing that you mad at. Come on, bro. And then like, y'all touching fucking hands and shit? You literally fucking text that nigga Nuck. The, the second that Emmett calmed her down and said, yo, let's just figure something out. Like, EJ came downstairs like, why are you leaving? Like, nah, nah. he mad uh, talkative he, when he ain't got the hat on. He big as fuck, too. Yeah, no. He He's 12. At, took that hat off. He grew some. Fucking hat was stunned them. So she like, all right, well, you know what? I'll stay, but I'm sleeping in the guest room. All right, that works. Let me take your stuff back that's up. The ret- that's the dumbest shit I've heard. Fam, especially when the guest room upstairs. Just go to bed. You up here. So basically, you're going to withhold sex from me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Remember, that, this. remember that movie <laughs> called Chirac about the women yeah. withholding sex? Yeah. To Tiana make the, Paris. With, with, with the, to make the men Nick act Cannon. good? Yeah. That, that movie got a whole bunch of flack. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate it, and I thought it was a good Look, idea. It's one of my dad's favorite Spike Lee movies. I've watched that movie with him more times than I can count. On some real shit. Yeah, if, it wasn't a bad movie. It, was, it was a play. It was presented like a play, and it was done very poetic. Well, it, it, it was. It's actually yeah. a play. Yeah, that it's they, based off a play. Yeah. Um. And, really- and they they performed it similarly, and it threw people off in the theater, and y'all gave it terrible reviews. Because but people in, in Chicago wanted a more violent. Yeah, they wanted something. Nigga, we we this Chirac, nigga, make this make us look hard, but, make us look. But hey, gangster. guess what? They was doing something that all the thugs and all the other niggas try to pretend don't exist. All this shit y'all be doing is for some pussy. It's for the attention of women, man. It's exactly what shit proved. And hey, Nuck. You doing that little catty shit to Emmett? Guess what that's for? Because you think you're going to get Keisha back and get some pussy. Emmett go over there. Where the fuck is Duda? First of all, Emmett, that don't work no more. You tried it last week. He had a gun to your foot. Come on, man. He put the bullet on your forehead. And said, I'm going to put this bitch through your thick-ass skull if you ever pull a gun on me again, nigga. 
Like it don't work. You're not scaring anyone. No one's threatened. Now look, I don't want to come off as if I know how Chicago is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know like a litany of people from Chicago, but what what I gather and what I understand is there a bunch of young kids out there um, that do a lot of crimes. And when I say crimes, I mean shoot and kill people. Mm-hmm. Uh, with no regard for anything else. I didn't know so many niggas from Chicago up the strap and never did nothing with it. Because that's the exact opposite of what I see on my feeds, in my newspapers, in documentaries. Like, how is so many of you gangsters... Yeah. Pulling guns out, pointing them at people. They not doing nothing to them. You Man. not doing nothing to them. Like, what is going like, on? Nothing about Bakari's character up until he upped that strap on Nuck said that he wouldn't at least shot somebody last night. Mad Bakari. Fam, Bakari came back and got revenge over Coogie uh, three years later, nigga. But my man, he Nuck was like, nigga, you shot that nigga in the back. He nigga said, you shot Ronnie in the back. Yo, Nuck, don't ever call me out like that, bro. <laughs> now. Here's the thing, though. You also choked up Pastor from the back. So how about that, nigga? Pause. For sure. Because when he asked you, did you look him in the eye, you ain't tell him. Actually, I didn't. I now, didn't. Now, granted, didn't Bakari try to bust his gun last year? And um, somebody got trampled? Oh, and he oh lost yeah, the no, in the club, nigga. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he, was, he's, he was about to get active. Thing, bro. Y'all ain't showed me Bakari is nothing but a shooter, nigga. Who don't give a fuck? Now, nah. I can imagine his hesitation this time around is because he actually learned from Papa Dad. Kev almost caught a body and he shot him in the he shot him in the stomach while no, looking at no, him. No, Kev wanted the body, nigga. <laughs> Kev said, bitch, I'm shooting you dead in the fucking sternum. And it just didn't kill him. Kev the only nigga that didn't go a completely crazy. They, yeah. they did some weird shit with his character. Yeah, they But he did. the only person that hasn't went crazy. Yeah. Um, He's still like normal. Speaking of Kev and him being still normal, um, y'all trying to give me a Brandon Kevin arc with Emmett and Kevin in that little pack in the, the apartment scene? I wasn't mad at that. I wasn't mad at it, but it doesn't hit the same because y'all don't focus on these characters like y'all used to. Not, not used to, but because he was there for him. Yeah, after Brandon after died. After Brandon. For sure. And like it was a thing. But then since then, y'all didn't develop their relationship the way y'all could have. And that's how Emmett. Turned the corner and even got what Keith like got he was coming Keisha, over yeah. talking to the parents like let yeah. me let me come let me holla at Kev let yeah. me I cut his hair like, it was literally a thing and y'all were doing what y'all had done with Brandon and Kevin and then y'all just kind of got away from it dog and that's that that I liked the scene but it didn't hit me the way that I I would have probably liked to see it if this was two seasons ago yeah. um. What else happened that we missing? Uh, we talked about the uh, this, funeral. This, 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 this wild shit, another theme that... Um, Trig snitching on himself? Because he told Jake. Another day, another on, time. Man. Another day. Like this ver- He's running out of niggas to tell. Just go tell the cops. I mean, everybody knows. Bro, just tell the feds. Why are you so hesitant to tell the federales? You notice that his assistant is a little spicy? Yeah. And like, yeah. by spicy, I mean like, yeah, he got an no, attitude. He getting, he getting tired of holding his secret in. Like, he's telling soon. Yeah. Oh, the snitch is coming. Like, yeah. he was like, what are you going to do? Oh, well, that's it. Well, that's soon. Well, nigga, he just got killed yesterday. Well, you know, we got to do a candlelight visual before like the, yeah. Theater, like. <laughs> yeah. Like. I think that's a good idea. And why was people outside of Trig House? Why do Trig be looking out them blinds like somebody gonna be out there and he don't know hey, his damn, CP, this your last time in Kankakee. Man, dog. Um, 
I also oh what up? I thought about Trig. Uh, okay, so Trig goes to see. Uh, what's that lady from uh, uh, Fatima? Uh, parents, apparently, I don't know. She was like, "You want my daughter hand in so, marriage?" So that's that's um the you remember when she was having that convo yeah, with the two yeah. of them? So um, what's the girl name from uh from Louisiana? Big something. Big Lex. Big Les. The one on the yeah, I know you talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know you go about. see them. Yeah, um. But Trig went to go. But here was the thing. I'm like, are you asking for a hand in marriage? No, he's not ready for marriage. I just want to start a family. Nick said, yo, I just wanted to know if y'all would support me in her starting a family. Do y'all think she's ready? It was like, nigga, you tell us. I don't fucking know. This motherfucker said, uh, well, marriage, yeah, that's down the line. But let's just start a family. So this is another trope. That Man. like, you don't want children to be born inside a wedlock. Nah. Shack because, up. So you mean to tell me, because clearly y'all not having no baby naturally. Yeah. Right? So you gotta adopt. So they gonna let you adopt? You a fucking criminal. You Bro. a murderer and a killer. Well, uh to Rob Silva's dismay, because we know how much he hated this point last year, they let the nigga become a fucking government official. And Rob literally was calling up here or leaving voice notes every week I, screaming I, how impossible that shit would have been for a fucking former felon. Somehow didn't like Duda take care of that somehow? Allegedly. Well, that's where uh, what's his name? Jimma Daddy stepped in. That Duda brought Marcus yeah. in and to was, clean that up. And basically, he was like, and I I totally disagree. Uh, you know, it would, I wouldn't be in this position. I wouldn't be the alderman if it wasn't for Duda. Yeah, nigga, you the alderman because bitches think you cute. And you finally told the truth. That's Yo. not it, Jake. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> Yo, but Jake gave it to him about as real as he could, though. Yeah. Stop That's going from to your, what I know. Stop going to your little brother for advice, though. Yo, fam, if your little brother tells you, um, hey man, uh, I feel like you be little bro on me. You don't really tell me nothing. You don't really give me no news. You don't keep me in the know. Your next thing that you say does not have to be, Yo, man, I helped a nigga move a body. Bro, <laughs> it's an in between. Like, you know what, dog? You want some more responsibility? I'm going to so put you on the light bill, nigga. So he told his girl. His assistant? His girl. His girl, his assistant, Rob, Jake. Yep. Um, Who else he tell? His girl, his assistant, Rob, Jake. Um, Who else knows? Uh, I'm certain Tiffany know if he told Rob. Cause Rob very fucking pillow talky. Big facts. Um, uh, Duda wife, Duda facts. Oh yeah, Candy for show. Sure, no, the FBI agent. <laughs> it's eight people at Bro. least right now. It's eight people who know that you helped hit that body. Yo, to Rob Silver's point, his voice no. Nuck probably no. How the fuck Nuck for show? Sure, no, Nuck, nine. Nuck people. took off work that day. He Fam. know who replaced him. Nine people know that you helped move the body. Fam, this. Oh, and uh, uh, Iman Shumper mama. You know she know. Ten. Ten. Come on. Now, Lynn Whitfield know anything. Um, stop telling or go to jail. Like, that's I just don't get what else he expect, bro. And Jay, he asking Jake for advice like, well, nigga, don't tell. <laughs> the yo, fuck? Yo, Jake say, I mean, you can't do shit for the community from jail, nigga. So, I'm really trying. Yo, I remember... Damn, dog. I cannot remember what show this was. But I remember a show I was watching. There was a fucking scene 
um, with a therapist, and a nigga basically was having a similar, like, do I tell that I did this fucking horrible fucking thing, right? Didn't even tell the therapist exactly what he had done. And the therapist basically said, look, what would you get out of telling, right? Would you get personal retribution or would somebody who was actually impacted feel better, right? Because in reality, sound like you only want to tell so you can get shit off your chest, right? That's where Trig at. Insert G Depp. Mm. Comes out like, yo, I shot a nigga back in the day. Turns 20 out, years ago. Turns out he died, my nigga. Yeah. Now your ass is in prison for a murder. Man, caught a murder rap. Confessing to a murder from 20 years prior. Unsolved. <laughs> Nobody ever knew. You put yourself in that position, trying to get it off your chest. Hey, here's the thing, right? I ain't never killed nobody. I ain't never hog-tied nobody. I ain't never killed nobody. So I can imagine some shit like that sitting on your fucking chest, just weighing on you for years. But after a certain point. No, after I don't give a fuck what I did. Uh, it's either tell that or go to prison. I don't give a fuck, nigga. I'm not going. <laughs> here's the thing. Telling is going to get you one thing. You know this for a fact. Not telling, hey, nigga, just go try to live the rest of your fucking life being a good person. And I get that this could be a struggle either way, right? Um, But in Trigg's position, yo, nigga, now you are a government official. You work to get to this point. Now you actually there. Now you talking about raising a family with this girl. You talking to Jake about uh, being responsible and being more involved and raising him and all. Yo, bro, if you go to fucking jail for snitching on yourself... What the fuck happens to all that, bro? Because Fatima even asked him, yo, what about the feds? They don't got nothing, you and I ain't saying everybody, nothing. everybody, nigga. That nigga said they don't got nothing, and I ain't saying nothing. I'm nigga, you keep saying something. You ain't told the little circle group. Come on, man. Come on, man. It's getting to the point where it's just like, Trig, I don't understand your fucking purpose, dog. Um, also, uh, when Bakari went and pulled the strap on Nuck, and, uh, and Nuck turned up on him, after he, you know, knew he wasn't going to shoot him for real. Like, hey, nigga, you shoot me, dog, going to shoot you. Don't do it. It ain't worth it. Um, and then he told that nigga, hey, Papa Daddy was bad for business. You don't need to trust nobody but the people in this gang. Family shit, gang over everything. And then he hemmed that nigga up and said, yo, you pull a gun on me. Like, Again, nigga, that's the last time you're going to do any fucking thing, nigga. I like uh, Nuck turning up and going back into Thug Nuck because Turtleneck Nuck ain't been the fucking, like, killer that we was introduced to. We was introduced to a grimy wife beater wearing ass, nigga. I'll be honest. Uh, I probably would have shot Nuck. I'd have shot Zay just because I don't like that nigga and he be chewing a toothpick. Shoot niggas like, like that. When he say, if you shoot me, he going to shoot, gonna shoot you. you. I'm going to be like, well, if he don't put his gun down, I'm shooting you. Yeah. And then second he put his gun down, I'm shooting both of you niggas. Look, if I shoot you, I'm brainless. Different toilet, same shit. I'm sick of explaining it. Um, another thing with Nut and the Zay nigga and that little scene where they was playing chess. I don't like when they attempt to do some deep shit because it don't land. This didn't land. Dog sitting there, when you going to teach me how to play? Oh, uh, Demeter, why you don't play with my frog ass nigga? Like, nigga. You seen him kill a nigga for chewing gum. Bro, don't ask him no questions during the chess game. That nigga said, I told you I'll pay your monkey ass when I, I, I'll teach you a monkey ass when I feel like it. Dog, then dog, dog gonna get fucking whiny and say, I learned myself. That nigga, that nigga said, incentive. I like that. Dude, I shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. But then you see how they try to bring it back later yeah. when he go to the funeral. He's like, don't have your, see, I see your moves. You keep using your pawns to use yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> he like, nah, um, he like, you're supposed to use your queen. 
you don't use your pawn to protect your queen. Your queen can do everything, and da da da. And then later in the episode, he go to the funeral. No, he, he said, "No, you know, I, I sacrificed my queen to get you." Like, no, yeah. nigga, don't sacrifice your queen. Yeah, don't protect your queen. Uh, and you use your overuse your pawns, and da 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 da. And then the nigga go to the funeral and fucking uh um Papa wife or Papa daddy wife say uh so Papa's mama. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> Papa Daddy his Wife. It's Papa Daddy Wife. I don't know this lady. Um, they ain't gave her no name. Thanks. Papa Daddy Wife go, nigga, get the fuck out, dude. I say, I didn't kill you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you heard. <laughs> Cause you gotta I, shut shit down. I, 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 I don't know what you heard. Hey, I ain't treating. Hey, I ain't about to go around this bitch confessing. No, 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 dude. I scene of the fucking episode, nigga. Cause you you delivered the fuck out that line. He said. I don't know what you heard, but uh, I, I, had didn't, to do I didn't kill your husband. She say, well, one of your pawns did. Really, Lena? And then, and then Nug like, oh, oh shit, that I'm was a, me. I'm a pawn. Yo, who put Duda, Nug, and Zay on the email, the Evite to wear white to the thing? How they knew? How they knew? How, who told y'all we wearing all white to this bitch? Um, shout out to my homie Brenda B Dub. Uh, she said um, she was just mad that everybody fit at the funeral was wrinkled. And then I rewatched it. Every single one of their white fits is wrinkled, dog. It's Lisa take, Ray would never. It's take twenty seven because Papa was up on the pulpit <laughs> like, yo, not pa- yo. How did they finally get Papa yo, to cry? Papa's pulpit. Come on now Not as Come Papa's pulpit Come on now You think he taking over the church? He taking over the podcast game Come on nigga Papa Nigga Joe Budden who? Shop talk who? Million dollars worth of game who? Nigga Papa's pulpit coming through And he had merch on in their family picture You know the, the million dollars worth of game Is an acronym? I didn't I just I just When he was on um uh Whatever the Jess was on there Shit, I just watched the shit. Hold on. You talking about uh, Gilly, right? Yeah. Yeah, I he just watched like, the shit on YouTube. It was like um, giving them guidance, advice. Um, it was, it was a whole bunch of other stuff. Something in, in enthusiasm. I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. Fuck knew they was trying to be deep out yeah. here. And it's a million dollars worth of. Yeah. Like, oh. All right, let's check out this uh, episode eight midseason finale promo. Just see some of the shit that goes down in this trailer, man. I know it's a lot of money. It's the only way I can get from under Duda. You won't let me take care of it. Can you just tell your mom you're not killing nobody? You don't know my mama. She make Duda look like a saint. I can take care of my own family. Let me do whatever I gotta do to make that happen. If I don't stop this, more bodies will drop. So the voice that said that if I don't stop this, more bodies to drop. That was Trig. That was Victor, who used to be a killer, but who's now a government official. My nigga, if ever there was a chance or a time where you shouldn't do the killing, it's now. Like, don't do any more killing. You've also been tying yourself to a murder. Listen, Aaron Hernandez, just relax. Just stop. <laughs> like at a certain point, you don't have to kill no more, dog. Yo, I was watching that. Ray Caruth, get at your ass out the trunk, boogie. Well, at least Ray Caruth hired a motherfucker. <laughs> they ain't get the job done. But yo, I was watching a uh, Florida Gators doc 
from like them Tim Tebow years and shit. It's on Netflix, four part, actually pretty good. And nigga Tebow say, you know, I ain't partying all that shit like that. But one night me and Aaron Hernandez went to a bar. He was like, we in a bar. He was like, and I got to tell you, man, these dudes was talking mad crazy to Aaron Hernandez. They was calling him some of the most vile racist stuff I've ever heard in my life. And he was like, you know, I ain't going to say what happened, but they stopped calling him. <laughs> like, he's dead now. I was like, like bro. You, you could tell. He's you, dead. You know how fucking scary. Yeah, he, he killed, killed himself, himself in prison. You know how scary of a dude you had to have been for Tim Tebow not to even speak on your crimes while you did? Like, nah. I ain't going to tell you what he did, but he protected did Protected by God, my nigga. Yo, man. Nah. <laughs> you ain't protected from Aaron Hernandez. Yo, man. Um, Yo, read some of them comments on that, on that, on that, on a YouTube video, dog. All right. See what these folks on YouTube we not, we not, We not seeing the same thing. Papa had me crying like a baby. Oh, my God. Last night's episode was heartbreaking. They definitely coming with it this season. I can relate to the scene between Keisha and her mom in therapy. Been there. This season, they touching on real-life issues, and I respect that. Rest in peace, Pastor. That whole episode really got me in tears, but I'm so glad they showcased mother and daughter therapy. I hope people are encouraged to take notes and apply it in real life. I am not ready for a season break. I really hope Emmett... Bakari or Darnell don't die by the end of the season, and Emmett is the one that needs to tail out Duda. I think they meant take. Why am I thinking Nut gonna be the one to eventually take Duda out, or he gonna play a role in the setup? Nut getting shut down too much, and it's gonna start affecting him, especially since he just realized he was the pawn that Papa Mom was referring to. They think this is bars. The first couple of comments is really what I was talking about yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they all tapped in, like listen to therapy, Larry, therapy, yeah. therapy. But the themes that they were doing that were not so subtle to me, yeah, which we 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 talked about earlier, is what they took away. Mm-hmm. Subconsciously, consciously, whatever they took away that no, don't find a good black man, get married, have babies. You should explore your sexuality, travel the world, be single. Also, um, you should. Not have a strong black man inside of the home mm-hmm. who dictates what the children watch on television, um, which because that's actually a good thing, uh, like trying to instill some discipline. Who you you can't have the decision be made like y'all have to do that shit together. Yeah. There, there can't be a lead. Everything has to be um, a, a, a co op decision, and that's not leadership. Now um, leadership doesn't mean that you just single handedly just start without any kind of. Shut up, y'all do what I say. No. So during the therapy session with her mama, Keisha mentioned uh when her parents were together before they divorced, um, her dad took care of everything. She said he did everything, he paid all the bills, boom, boom, boom. Um, and the therapist even commented, she said that's a very traditional um upbringing like what you saw was very old school right the dad takes care of everything so she said did that make you want to basically you wanted to contribute and have some control and like i've spoken to women before about the guy handling everything but not handling everything because i want some of the stuff because i want to feel like i'm contributing to my home i want to feel like i'm doing something i want to feel like an addition and like a culture ad in my own fucking home and not just a fucking another child that's in that bitch being taken care of. She also alluded to the fact, well, Keisha said, well, I didn't see them argue a lot. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yo, da, da. Basically, she said, nah, argue in front of your kids. Yeah. What? Yeah. She said a lot of parents don't argue 
um, in front of the kids because they're trying to shield it, basically. From trauma. Yeah. My parents didn't argue in front of me, but they informed us. Like we knew when there was a disagreement. There and was shit. a disagreement, and mm-hmm. they worked it out. At the end of the day, is I don't need to hear the end, the the the, the back and forth, blah blah blah, to understand that whatever the situation was, we still worked it out. Yeah. So the, her idea, which was very subtle or unsubtle, is no, nah, don't hide the convert, don't hide adult conversations that a child will have zero context from your children. Yeah. Have that conversation in front of your kids so they can see how it plays out. I personally, the nigga with no kids, think that's a bad idea. I'm not in love with the idea of arguing in front of your kids, especially if it's avoidable, especially if it's like a um, intense argument. Because you can disagree in front of your kids, yeah, right? For but sure. but when when it starts to get to you know where maybe tones or or even words um, become a little disrespectful, uh, I'm not a fan of even like like. Hinting that that's the route you should go Because your kids need to see how y'all resolve that I think you can inform your kids It was a disagreement And then show them a healthy, active resolution Also, it ain't even just by the kids I ain't you it ain't nobody business. You know, I'm not arguing other in front of other grownups. Yeah, facts. That's not facts, their business. Facts. Which is why I didn't love um when they were talking when Emmett checked her about talking to Nuck at church at the funeral. Granted, wrongest place in the world to have this you ain't combo. Seen her at all. Since. Also that, which is like I'm like, is she standing in the guest room or not, nigga? Um, but he was like, yo, um, you talk to don't me. go. You talk to Nuck again behind my back. We done. You give me an ultimatum on this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I am. You don't go to this nigga. Again, bro, just think about it. This nigga who was trafficking women when you yourself got fucking basically all but trafficked. Um, You didn't get sold into sex slavery. You just became a sex slave. Who wouldn't come get you, told you to get on the bus. Nigga literally made you to catch a bus across from the south side to the west side. That's what he was telling you to do. And you was about to go into the sex trafficking house to have sex with him? To fuck nut. Like, bitch, crazy. are you crazy? That's crazy. And you wasn't unfamiliar with the house. You had been fucking with Nut. It was a whole buildup. Your homegirl at school knew, ah, oh, shit, you're going to see Nut again. Like, it was a thing. So you was finna do all that. And now you want that same nigga who you was fucking with who was trafficking all them damn girls to who pro- still works for the nigga who's threatening you. To protect you. You want him to protect you. And then he was like, I know I, I always protect you. He was like, you are like I wouldn't. I wouldn't let anything happen to you. She you said already you already have. have. So, so why, why is that there? not enough? Why that ain't enough? How Emmett in trouble for doing less than the shit that the nigga you asking for protection is done? All that touching on the hands and shit. So I guess everything is made easy by. Well, if you have me, you gotta have Emmett. Man, because uh, you put that little soft voice on, everything yeah. is good. Also, the therapist. Why are you using his sex voice? <laughs> it's, it irritates <laughs> me. Keisha talking normal as fuck. Her mama talking normal as fuck. I um She was giving a little too sultry. What the fuck? Um I also didn't love the notion that the I felt like the therapist should have maybe and again, I don't know shit about being a therapist. I'm not a fucking licensed therapist, but I do feel like it was a couple points that Nina was trying to make. And when Keisha had an adverse reaction, the therapist just kinda like she sat there and watched where I felt like maybe she should have stepped in and tried to help get some understanding from she both can, sides. She bro. can clarify everything Keisha say, but she don't clarify yeah, nothing. Yeah, she wasn't clarifying shit Nina was saying. That's, and Nina basically 
we got on, we got there at the end of the session. Yeah. Right. This is probably an hour session, either mm-hmm. 30 minutes, hour. She like, listen, you niggas invite me over here and y'all just telling me how basically I'm a bad mom. Yeah. Granted, we've been making we've been getting that. We've joke been calling off. Nina a bad mom for a long fucking time. I'm glad the show recognizes that's how they positioned her. But if she has a defense for her actions, let her talk. Let her say why she is the way she is, why she's hardened. I also don't like this. Yo, she sat there and said, yo, after they after me and their dad got divorced, I didn't have no help. Motherfucker, you had a whole nother wife. I don't know how long that was. Karen was there two seasons. I'm saying, I don't know how long that was between when Karen was there and how long from the divorce. I don't know. I don't know how long they was there, but I know Karen was there at least two years in the house helping with them damn kids. I know that. And I don't like how they just fucking lean into saying an anthology, dog. You cannot introduce characters and then completely walk away from them and just pretend that me as an educated viewer is never going to remember them, dog. I like Dre. Dre's character is fine. She cool, whatever. She didn't just fucking appear when Keisha was fucking 19 and yeah, Kevin was, was 13, 14. She bro, a like, senior in high school at yeah. that time. But like how long before... When did they get divorced? Yeah, yeah. I, I w- And we ain't know much about the dad's relationship, right? Because the died. one episode, they sort of introduced his character, even though we never actually saw him. Um, but when they introduced the idea of their dad still being in their lives, um, all we got introduced to was Kevin not really having a great relationship with him because he like, hey, I was young when he left, so I never really built the relationship that Keisha had. And Keisha used to talk to him on the phone. Yeah, and then um, he died. At the end of that episode, and then Kevin felt bad because he didn't know how to feel. Shit, nigga, when do Keisha and Kevin talk? When, they, when the last time Yo, they, they been totally in the scene? got away from these is the sort of fam. Keisha and Kevin have had zero to say about him moving to LA. You mean she wouldn't have never, bro? You said goodbye to Emmett and not Emmett, not your sister who lives with Emmett, Come on, bro. Keisha ain't even been to uh, Kevin's apartment. Like to check on little bro. Like they have not been in the same scene with each other. That's crazy, dog. I'm Even at their housewarming. The relationship between Kevin and, and Keisha and Emmett and Jada. But it's very the, obvious that they aren't giving them scenes together, dog. Because these are relationships that built this show. But we not trying to that don't fit the narrative that we pushing right now. Man, dog. We pushing something totally different. We pushing P. They are pushing the P. Man, dog. Um, I don't know, man. We got one more episode left before this midseason finale. I'm sure by the end of it, they'll tell us when to expect a return. Um, but until then, yo, uh, we was right about Papa Daddy getting killed. Um, if Duda gets shot next week, who you think does it? It's impossible to predict. Um, with this level, right? Who do I would would like to see do it? I feel like Emmett has already played his hand. They're not going that route again. Won't be Emmett. Um, won't be Papa. How you feel about Papa getting rid of old girl? They're not going to be good. She can't. Yeah, she ain't going gone. I know she'll be back, but he definitely uh, well, he, nah. he put them emotions out. That's a terrible, reasonable response. Nigga, we got my last moments with my father was because of me. Me trying to be with you.